I wonder if he's wearing a shirt. He's like <laughs> he's he's finding a shirt right now. I feel like not. I feel like he probably. I think Michael. That's his way to threaten us with his chest hair. You know, it's like so he asserts it, you know? dominance. Yeah, he's asserting dominance over the group. So he may he may try to assert dominance over Ed this this episode with his chest hair. Treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. And with those wise words, I welcome everyone back to another episode of the IO Panel Podcast. With me, as always, James and Mike. How are you doing today, guys? Um, great, man. Great Excellent. opening. Excellent. <laughs> I I worked on that very hard for several minutes. Get us in the right headspace. And now, guess what? Michael and I know that when we say, Evan, cue that music, that you can fucking do it, motherfucker. <laughs> You've let well, the cat out of the bag. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little, little trick I have up my sleeve that I used to be able to do. but yeah, you, uh, you, you enabled stereo mix. <laughs> no, no, no. I got a, I got the, a soundboard running on the oh, computer right, over there. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was cool, though. I totally yeah, yeah, forgot yeah. it was 5th of November. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Man, we're we're still on that Twitch Prime membership. Yeah. Uh anyways, <laughs> uh we have a special guest today, a fan our fan singular of the show, Ed. How are you doing today, Ed? Very very well, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Uh did you do anything interesting this past week? Who me? No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is so weird. It's like I broke the the, the wall there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not much. Uh, work as usual. Uh, you know, lots of uh, Linux type stuff, patching, mm-hmm. fixing, politics. Ooh, fun. Mike, what did you do? <clears throat> not a whole lot. Not uh-huh. a whole lot. Well, hopefully a whole lot, but not not much to report. Not much to report. Okay. James, how about yourself? Um, you know, we did our we did our PowerShell class that was just suffered su- I, I suffered true. through that this week. Yeah. What, do, what are you thinking about that so far actually? Uh, you think it's going to pay off? I think I think me actually using PowerShell at work and then googling what I didn't want to do and then adding on to that will help and I think this guy's class might give us give me some backbone for that background for that, but otherwise his class is just the worst. Honestly, it's just like the worst. It's not even a good. It's it's okay, you know. But it's like it's the worst. So I guess it's okay. It's no, not I bad. Mean, okay, it's so good. you should all buy the it. first the first what was it the first forty five <laughs> not forty five forty first forty five sections or whatever are all 
this guy droning on about the background and history of PowerShell, and then he gets into the cool stuff at like 46. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm like just getting into the cool, the beginning of the cool stuff. So there's gonna be, you know, I'll probably have a better report next next week. James wants it, to jump straight to the dessert without absolutely. You know, going through the, you know, the appetizer absolutely. and the salad. We talked about. It. <laughs> well, I mean. Men for those years. extra courses, but yeah, men for years have been wondering what is foreplay, and I'm going to continue that path. I want to get right <laughs> into the vagine, as they say. Um, no, but uh, play a lot of PUBG this week, a lot, man. Whew, crazy amounts of PUBG, having a ball too. Your team is worldwide. Uh, yeah, we we played uh, apparently yeah. with an Australian um, ranked one of the Australian guys who ranked. Thought you were going to say an, an Australian Aboriginal. No, no, Michael. No, an Australian, an Australian uh, CSGO player, like a ranked CSGO player, professional. He's a professional a CSGO player, and he's very, very good. He makes us all feel very, very bad because he's so awesome. You know, Inadequate. Like, yeah, he's like, you know, how many kills you get? Like, zero. How about you? Fifteen? Like, oh, okay. You know, like, it's pretty par for the course. But, uh, yeah, we got to play with him twice this week, and uh, we had a, some four-man squads up, which was nice. May I ask his alias? Poochie. Yeah, I can mm. find some Twitch, some clips. Okay. If, if you're interested in seeing him play CSGO, which is his his game, but yeah. I would be interested game? in that later. Yeah, I'll find it. What's that, Michael? Is that a popular game? Uh, Yeah, it's one of the number one FPS games out there, I think. I don't know why. It's very old, but people have been, people love playing it. They've been playing the shit out of it for years. It has a lot of tournament support and competitive aspects. Um, It is on a decline, but still fairly popular. I don't like watching it just because the guys who play it now are have elevated playing it to such an art that it looks like they're all cheating. You know, like like if you watch uh, one of the guy big PUBG players, uh, Shroud, he's you know you know rich because of CS:GO and that's his game, you know, and he's uh there's a video of him shooting and he kind of predictively shoots through a crack that's like millimeters wide and he hits a guy that's on the other side of the map and they show like outlines that you would see when you watch the gameplay um someone's these idiots are trying to talk to me um they show like the 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 outlines that you see if you're watching the game as a commentator, and you could see that there's a guy there, but he there's no way he saw it. But he's been playing the game so long, and he's so you know so so used to like how this game works that he's just like predictively shooting, and he's like hitting people or throwing grenades across the map and blowing people up, and it's like okay, and it's just not fun to watch to me anymore. PUBG is more interesting because it's so random and so there's so much risk and so much uh luck involved in the gameplay and there's so many random elements that you can't control that even if you're super skilled you can still lose big which i like to see so you like to see skilled people lose yeah it's you know that's how it is you uh <clears throat> like, that's how i get feel better about yourself you <laughs> idolize them oh, it happens and you to want too. to meet them but you want them to fail big you I know see. right <laughs> that's how it is nice uh, I didn't do too much. Went to a concert last night. Uh, saw a couple bands that I wanted to see. While I was watching the headliner, who uh, the, it was a band called Issues, I was trying to, to think of how to describe them, and they're definitely not my favorite band. I don't really listen to them. But if you want to imagine what they're like, imagine 
a metalcore band formed by Bruno Mars. It's like metalcore, R&B, dance music, lots of actual singing, some screaming. I'm not a fan. But that's neither here nor there because it was yesterday. Um, I don't think we really have much news. This is sort of a mostly like a health episode. I will, I'm sure we'll throw in some other tidbits here and there. Um, but, uh, we're very happy to have our guest Ed on. He's been the most successful out of the four of us because he tries. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> That's the that's the reality. And that's he's the a responsible adult. I have an obsessive uh, nature. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very advantageous in this in this situation. Um, so, would you like to grace us with a bit of your history and and what exactly we're talking about? Well, I've been listening to the show since the very beginning, and I've never missed an episode. So thank you, thank you, thank I, you. I um I have pulled a lot out of the out of the show, but um, the biggest thing for me was. Uh, Early on, when the Yum Update was new, you guys were talking a lot about Soylent and uh, Keto Chow and uh, those types of things. And I hadn't, um, you know, I hadn't really had much experience with those things. So I started looking it up and I started pouring through the Keto Chow website and, and looking at Soylent. And, um, um, you know, I was quite a bit overweight myself. You know, I was, I was pushing 300 at the top of it. So, um, you know, it just it looked really interesting. Um so, you know, I just really kind of got obsessed with it. I got sucked into, I got sucked into it, and um, and I'm still doing it. So, no, let me ask you a question. Did you? Uh, I mean, you you said that you looked into those because we mentioned them. Um, but were you at all interested in like meal replacement shakes or drinks, or you know, like the rest of us? Do you enjoy eating so much? You're like, I, I guess it's a good option if I don't have anything to eat. Well, the meal replacement thing was great. I mean, that just kind of threw it. That's like the matrix, you know, kind of, if you close your eyes, it's like, you know, kind of like runny eggs. I, I, it's, it's dog food for humans. It's, it's perfect nutrition. And I, and I believe that, that that's possible, right? I feed, bachelor chow. I feed my dog the same thing mm-hmm. every single day. The dog's perfectly healthy. You know, why do I have to have such a variety in my diet? So, you know, it was very interesting. Exactly what does a human being need, um, to function? You know, what, what, what makes you, you know, uh, have, optimal health what what can you eat that does that and does it have to vary or can it be just the precise amounts every single day of exactly what you need and, and it's perfect because i don't cook you know a lot of people don't cook today and um so i just i used to get most of my food from the convenience store you know during the day i'd get you know grab sandwiches and candy and chips and sodas and come home and eat chips and sodas and candies and um so i wasn't getting um a proper nutrition um, yeah, all that stuff is so it's so prevalent in yeah. society. It's just like food is food. Uh, I'm just gonna eat whatever. Mm-hmm. So the meal replacement thing, you know, it's like, hey, I'm lazy. I could do that. Let me let me <laughs> maybe this will make me healthy and I could stay lazy. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. So so I took keto chow a little further than most people do. Even if you go to the keto chow website, you'll find that um, they recommend, you know, replacing one or two meals a day. You could theoretically do three a day, you know, if you really wanted to, because it is complete nutrition, but most people do one or two a day. 
<clears throat> so I wasn't interested in that. I was like, let's do it. Let's do all three. Let's make sure we've got all the, the nutrients we need. So now I'm learning about the difference between macronutrients and micronutrients and <clears throat> what some people say the you know appropriate amounts and ratios of these things are. And the guy that does keto chow, uh, Chris Bear, um, has spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what the optimal amounts are, not just the minimum recommended daily allowances, but the optimal amounts. What is best for health and in what ratio? So kind of using that as a guide, that's that's where I started. I, I, I focused really hard. And I, I, I didn't buy his pre-mixed keto chow in the beginning. I just used his recipe. And then I would tweak that. So Now, I know some people have issues with dairy and whey protein. Have you just stuck with the, the whey protein or the casein protein or experimented with like pea protein or egg white protein or anything like that? I've changed the protein a few times, but I've never really found a, a benefit to it. The problems I had um, were generally the first month was a typical thing where you go into a meeting and your stomach starts screaming and um, you know, you, everybody out. Yeah. You I have to, poop. <laughs> you spend a lot of time in the bathroom, you know, but that passed at, at this point. Um, it's not an issue whether I do MCT or not, whether I do all heavy cream or not. It doesn't really matter. Everything is pretty normal. Although <laughs> I have a story from last week when I was out sick, actually. But uh, <laughs> that'll be in the failures category. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but um, no, so I've been basically been doing keto chow. Um, and I did that starting um, last October 2nd. And uh, stuck with it, and I and I hit. Um, so I had dropped sixty five pounds, and then kind of leveled off. So my target was two hundred pounds, um, mm -hmm. and then I, I barely hit that. I had to work really hard to hit that. So I'm like the last few weeks, I'm like I'm fasting, and I'm like, let me get really dehydrated before I get on the scale, and I'll, I'll wait till noon before I get out of bed, and then I'll weigh myself. So I got down to two hundred, and then I've kind of stabilized right around 210 at this point. So uh, now I'm just kind of adjusting keto, trying and failing um, to do keto the proper way. Uh, so I keep falling back on the shakes uh, mm -hmm. intermittently. If you hit another plateau, have you thought about um, integrating sort of calorie cycling, not necessarily carb cycling, but, you know, have one, sh you know, 500 calorie shake one day and then the next day, you're up to 1,500 or 2,000 calories for two days, and then two days of 500 calorie shakes. So there's a bit of a fluctuation there. That can be effective. I know that can be effective with normal food. I'm assuming it's the same principle with you know meal replacement shakes. Yep, I've I've uh, done some of that. I was I was getting into fasting for quite a while, doing you know a day or two or three, and then um, focusing on like okay, one big meal a day, or you know, kind of mixing it up a little bit, trying to. Um, shake it free but you know in the in the, um, in the keto chat website you see a lot of people talking about well it's not really um, it's not really calories in calories out and there's a lot of movies there's like um, fat head movie which I really mm -hmm. liked I saw that a couple of years ago I really love that movie um, calories in calories out is not the right thing um, Gary Taubes and his good calories bad calories thing and um, but when it all boils down to it, it, it is calories in, calories out. It's just a matter of how you make it more efficient. Yeah, it does still matter. Right. So right now I'm doing lazy keto and I'm not losing weight anymore. I'm just kind of barely maintaining, slightly creeping up again, and I'm trying to get control of it. But I've, I've 
I've, I've stopped embracing my laziness and it's causing problems. Now it's just like, I'm going to go grab some bacon. And I grab like three boxes of bacon and, and down that at once. Or mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, halo top ice cream. That's a low carb. And I'll eat like two pints of it, you know, and that, that the portion size is very important. And that's one thing that I really focused on hard starting last October until I got to my goal weight. And the line was just a steady decline, 10 pounds a month. As long as you stick to it, it's a steady decline, about 10 pounds a month. Yeah. I mean, 10 pounds a month, nothing to scoff at, of course. Yeah, it was an amazing time for me. I've never, I never really had a lot of weight loss before in my life. So that was like, wow, I didn't know this was possible. Do your joints feel better physically? I mean, obviously there's some differences. You look well. Yeah, I have a, I have a lot more energy, um, I find, when, I, when I'm eating properly because – the keto chow, one of the things it does is it forces you to get all the micronutrients you need. So you're getting enough magnesium and calcium and, and um, you know, you get what you need. Um, so you're no longer. So I think I think the hunger response is triggered by, you know, a calorie deficiency. It's also triggered by a nutrient deficiency. So if you need, hey, he's a little bit short on protein. He's had plenty of sugar today, but he needs some protein. So no matter how many gallons of ice cream you just ate, you're still hungry. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that I'm working on now is is trying to make sure that I get even if I'm not on the shakes is make sure I get multivitamins and I make sure that I'm trying to hit those minimal uh, macro micronutrient targets. Um, but I'm still you still at, working on that. So. Were you at all surprised on the relatively low amount of protein you needed per day? Um. Or ha- since you've come up with your own formula, maybe you've upped that a bit. Well, the failure of Atkins diet really is, is that it's, you know, it's too much protein. So they didn't limit mm-hmm. protein enough. And it turns out protein is a lot like a carb, but it's harder for your body to burn it. Yeah. So in the, when you have just fat and protein, your body will choose the protein to break down and to burn as energy. So um, it's very much like eating sugar. It's just harder work for your body. Um, so my problem is, is that most of the foods I eat are too high in protein. I've always had that problem of too much protein. So I would do three keto chow shakes a day, set at 1,200 calories, and then have snacks. And then I ended up eating bacon and Spam mm-hmm. and hamburgers. But my protein would always be twice what I was supposed to be getting. But um, You kept adding on to what you were drinking. Yeah, the snacks that I would choose would be all protein. They're not like fat. So I would try to do macadamia nuts, which had a lot of fat. Um, but... You know, the, the snacks that I did like had too much protein. I, you know, ribeye steak, you know, eh, a little high mm-hmm. in the protein, but. So delicious. Yes. Oh, I love that stuff. I mean, it's so easy to stay on this diet because, you know, you get to eat like fat and butter and steak and bacon and eggs. It's it's just, that's stuff that I love anyway. So. Well, good. Um, now, I know you you had have recently gone on a a hike and the last time we met actually uh you were trying to come up with what your food was going to be for that hike did you ever what did you end up uh coming up with i tried very hard to stay on the diet because i'd I'd read stories about um, people rowing across the pacific ocean on keto diets and doing long distance bike rides on keto diets and it's not really good for like you know quick exertion type energy, but it's really good right. for endurance because it's a slow burn. That's what keto is. It's like you're burning fat um, instead of glucose. So you have this, you know, supply of energy in your fat cells all the time. 
providing you just a slow trickle of energy and it's long term and you don't need to eat continuously. So I tried it. I went on a few hikes, two or three days um, doing keto. And I'm not good enough at, you know, providing enough fat and energy and storing up the glycogen um, for when I need it. So I would end up uh, bonking is the term. I learned that term from doing these hikes. So I could walk um, 20 miles and then suddenly I had this overwhelming urge to just go to sleep. <laughs> so I just in the middle of the day, I'd pull over, set up the hammock and lay down and sleep for three hours just to totally exhausted. And then after three hours, I get up and I'm good. I'm going another 10 miles. No problem. So interesting. I think what's happening is my liver is not able to replenish the glycogen that my muscles need to continue. So it just, it exhausts me. So I tried and failed to stay on a keto diet while I was hiking. And when I did the long 200 mile hike, that's when I, I said, nope, nope, we're going back to almond M&Ms. And, uh, you know, I did kind of an even balance of carbs, uh, proteins and fats. And, mm -hmm. and that got me through just fine. Did yeah, I mean, the traditional. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, if under that sort of exercise on a daily basis, you're burning those carbs anyways. Yeah, that, unfortunately, though, I got done with the hike and it's it's been, it kept it's it. been about a month <laughs> like, or two now since then. <laughs> Last time I did the hike, I actually lost weight and I lost most of the weight when I got back home because my metabolism kept going, but my diet didn't really change. So I was losing weight after and I lost about 25 pounds. So I was really looking forward to coming home and it's like, okay, and that's going to start melting off. I'm going to get through this little stall that I've had and you know, maybe I can get even skinnier. And uh, no, it didn't work out that way because now I'm paying attention to how many calories I'm eating and my body's more a little more fine-tuned on paying attention to how many calories I need. So I know when I'm hungry, when I'm not, uh, that I need calories or I don't. So what ended up happening was is I ate exactly the right amount of food for the, the hike and I walked very comfortably. It was, it was no problem at all. I got back and the same thing, I was just eating, you know, when I was hungry and it turns out that's exactly the amount that I needed. So I didn't lose or gain any weight at all. Um, a little bit of muscle uh, went up because I had some water retention when I came back from the exertion. Mm -hmm. But um, other than that, no, my weight really didn't change at all through that whole, you know, 10 day ordeal. So, uh, unfortunately, that's uh, that's where I am. So I didn't get the the Christmas present of losing another 25 pounds. Yeah. Did, did you do the standard like hiking type carbs or did you do something special? Um, I did do a little bit more fat um, than is typical. And the main reason for that is because fat, you know, per calorie is lighter than carbs. Um, carbs is about 100, 100 grams. Um, I'm sorry, 100, gallery, 100 calories per gram, whereas uh, fats are about, you know, 150, 200. If you do like olive oil, it's like 220 calories. Um, sorry, mm -hmm. per ounce, I should say, per ounce. So it's lighter. So I got to carry 10 days worth of food or at least some portion of that until my next resupply. So the lighter, the better. So I still carried a lot of fats. Did you do the – so did you do uh, like wet foods or dry foods or – Mostly dry, although I did uh, do a lot of uh, uh, single servings of Spam, which are really nice. Those are, uh, you know – High in fat and uh, too high in protein, but still quite a bit of fat. In there. I've never seen those. Are they wrapped up like American cheese slices or something? <clears throat> it's kind of they're like the tuna fish, right? Yeah, it's like tuna, but it's like a slab uh, of spam in a in a, yeah. in a <laughs> like the single in serving a foil pouch. Yeah, they're really good. I've never seen that. Okay, kind of love those. You've never seen that? They have that at Giant. No, yeah, it's like a bucket. Yeah, 
Yeah, they have a giant CVS stuff like that. You might find it at Tennessee Tool and Meats, what, Kroger, or whatever, or Whole Foods, wherever you shop. I prefer Tennessee Tool the, and Meats. What, yeah. <laughs> so, like a you know, a, a, a tuna fish pack would be like a hundred calories. Um, cause it doesn't have a lot of fat in it, but a spam pack, you know, now we're talking a couple hundred calories for that and it's about the same weight. So yeah, I brought a lot of that kind of stuff. Okay. Nice. nice. Were you supplementing any electrolytes? Oh yes. Yes. Lots. Okay. I always had like Mio electrolytes. Um, uh, what is it? I don't know how to pronounce it. N-U-N-N-U-U-N, none. Um, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So I uh, put those tablets, everything I drink when I drink water, I put, something like that in it, some kind of electrolytes, um, highlights or whatever, put it in there because I was afraid of uh, muscle cramping. Mm-hmm. I brought a uh, hammock this time around, so the muscle cramping was a bigger issue than usual. But uh, turns out that's a cold weather thing more than a hammock angle thing. So didn't have okay. didn't have any leg cramps on the trip. You ever, you ever tried the, uh, the ghetto electrolytes? It was like you put salt and something else in your water bottle? By ghetto, he means in- extremely efficient. And effective, snake juice. Yeah, snake juice. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> have you looked at this? Have you seen snake juice? We haven't talked about it, no. so I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've looked it up or not. Um, we'll have to. We'll have to talk about well, it. Well, Michael. Evan, Michael is a witness of me eating a bullion cube um, right out of the foil. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm not, no, no. <clears throat> oh <correct>. boy. <laughs> so I. You That's know, intense. I'm not picky. You know. So, yeah, I mentioned earlier uh, a failure. Last week I was out sick one day, and um, it was uh, November 1st. And um, I'm not sure exactly what caused it, but uh, I'll tell you what my day consisted of. And um, I didn't eat very much that day, a lot of snacking. Um, so at the end of the day, Halloween's coming. I'm working on getting the kids ready, uh, My uh, getting the kids uh, supplied at the front door. My wife was uh, working late, so it was just me. And I didn't have time to even, you know, eat properly. So I says, well, shit, I'm way behind on my calories for today. Um, So I took a stick of butter out of the fridge and melted it in the microwave. Um, It's already salted, but I added more salt because, you know, electrolytes, right? And then I just drank it. And um, yes, (laughs) it tasted pretty good. It tastes like really salty buttered popcorn without the popcorn. And it was great. And I was fine. And I did trick or treat. Everything was fine. But um, uh, that night, the uh, stomach cramps and uh, spent the whole night in the bathroom. And um, whether it was from just the shock of eating that much fat all at once or the fact that it was three months expired when I, uh, when I consumed it, <laughs> I don't know, wh- I don't know which. Yeah. <laughs> As we all yeah. know, all dairy products are impervious to decay. Yeah. We, yeah. we know this. Yeah. <laughs> Four-month-old milk, it's fine. It's now cottage cheese. Oy. You guys you seen that video of that money. guy drinking that stuff? No, gross. He like leaves a thing of milk. Did, Ed, did we watch that? I don't think so. It was a video of a guy. <clears throat> he like leaves a thing of milk out in the sun for like a week, and then he drinks it. Hmm. Oh, oh, no, it's kind of cheese. You know what? Are you Is this this bulky blonde guy on YouTube? I don't know. I don't There's know. a guy on YouTube who does that. He eats disgusting things. He's that's, so dreamy. That's, that's probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably what it was. Then. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, uh, I I don't eat well. Uh. But if you were to if you were to postulate what it was, I mean, probably the exp- exp- the fact that it expired, right? Um, I I'm kind of leaning fifty fifty. 
I'm 50 50. Okay. Whether it, it was the fact that I just, because usually I'd eat just a half a stick of butter on some broccoli or something to get those calories of fat. Um, mm-hmm. But um, this time around, I didn't bother with the broccoli. You don't wanna, I don't want to put, you know, Brussels sprouts in a bowl. That'd be crazy. So. Yeah, just drink the butter. That was. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but drinking a straight bowl of butter is. Oh, jeez. It's completely. It's not completely not crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's you know what for me my biggest problem um getting keto and and getting it to the level where you're at is is that is like when do you when do you microwave the stick of butter and when do you when it when do you know you've done too much you know because I feel like when I'm doing trying to be keto i'm doing too much like i'm eating too much protein and not enough fat or eating too much fat and no protein and it's like just a mixed bag of like all over the place and you know you're saying i ate a stick of butter and with salt on it and to me i'm like yo he went too far you know and but but to you someone who's been very successful with this you're like no this is I'm right in the zone there. This is okay. Like, like, you know, maybe you're saying now, maybe I should have done half a stick, but Hey, it's not, you know, it's still not over the top. And I'm, you know, so I'm obviously, you know, what you're, you, you've done it successfully and been, you've done it and it's worked out pretty well, but I'm almost baffled as to how, you know, you know, I would never even think to do that because I'd be like, Oh, it'd be too much. Well, that's, that's, that's what keto chow is, right? What is food, right? It's, it's, um, we're in the matrix now, folks. It's just the chemicals that you need, right? It's the chemicals you need. It doesn't really matter what form they're in. That really appeals to me because I'm that kind of weird eater. They'll go in the fridge and drink a bottle of ketchup. You know, it's <laughs> Ed. Ed, you know, we need just... to talk about your life on a deeper level. What's going on? I feel like we need to get Ed on some kind of mustard Coleman's mustard challenge. Yeah, now. That's... <laughs> like I feel like he's a perfect fit for this show. <laughs> get it? He'll do anything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he won't eat. He but eats James, everything. <laughs> to address your uh, concern about too much fat and not enough protein, if you are in, if you're fat adapted and have been in ketosis for a while, um, it is protein sparing. So there's very little risk of. You know, especially just for one meal, you're not going to lose muscle or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, um, I don't focus on the protein too much because I always get too much protein. I'm not worried about any kind of deficiency or anything like that. When I was fasting, though, that was amazing to me. I, I was really surprised. So I had been doing the keto for, I don't know, eight or nine months, and then everyone's talking about fasting, and I'm like, uh. So in the beginning, keto kind of sounded like a cult thing to me because you read the forums and everyone's just all, you know, oh, my God, my life has changed forever. Thank you, keto gods, you know. And <laughs> um, so, you know, I, it, it is very cult-like. And um, so the fasting thing, I'm like, oh, fasting. Oh, great. It's another spiritual thing or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, fat, no science behind it at all. But, hey, it makes me feel great or whatever. Maybe it's just doing something makes you feel great. I don't know. But I tried the fasting and I was amazed. I got through the first day and it's like, I'm not hungry at all. This is this is weird. I've never, I mean, I remember when I used to be at work and I skipped lunch and I'll go, I go past four o'clock and I'm like, I'm shaking. I got to eat something and I couldn't function anymore. But um, no, the last time I fasted, I did three days straight and it wasn't a problem at all. I wasn't hungry. I had the energy I needed. Um, and I started eating again just because yeah, something came up and it was time to eat. It wasn't really that I had to eat something. So mm-hmm. um, being in keto um, makes that much easier uh, because you you have the fat cells to give you the, the energy you need. 
And it turns out that um, tearing the proteins down in your body, um, I learned about that along the way, it's called autophagy. Um, so any of the proteins that are kind of misfolded or, you know, they've been there a long time and it's time to tear them down. So when you need proteins, um, that's what your body tears down first. So it actually kind of, it, it has the effect of getting rid of the, cleaning up the garbage, so to speak, that's been building up in your body. And, you know, I believe it 100%. They're talking about, um, you know, it helps with cancer. It helps with um, scar tissue. So if you have like scar tissue, scar tissue in your heart, um, if you do, you know, intermittent fasting, um, it, it will heal scar tissue. And there, there's there's lots of um, instances of that happening. So that that stuff's amazing to me. And it, it's really amazing that, that it seems contrary to what, you know, the doctors will tell you. So, Yeah, especially multiple day fasting. It can um, even sort of rejuvenate your immune system. Mm -hmm. And my doctor... His body's like, oh, shit, we need to generate new... Uh, new new cells and they're properly formed so it has the side effect of making you healthier yeah. my doctor's totally against all this stuff he hates all this stuff he, he's like oh my god and he keeps, every time i bring it up he's like oh all that protein you got to watch your kidneys you're going to kill your kidneys i says no it's not not a high protein diet it's high fat diet i have to keep telling him that because he's just had that same routine for the last you know 30 years cholesterol bad fat bad you know and he doesn't he doesn't want to see it from another angle and I think if you're if you eat you know breads and sugars and and lots of vegetables and things, um, yeah, and you have saturated fat, um, you're going to burn those carbohydrates first, and the saturated fat is just going to float around in your blood until it, it coagulates. Um, yeah, I believe that's probably true. But if it's your fuel source, it's going to burn that, and there will be nothing else there, and you'll end up being very clean. You're, you'll, you'll get a good cholesterol checkup. You know, your heart will be healthy, and um, there's nothing wrong with saturated fats as long as you use that for fuel. Yeah. So speaking of cholesterol, that is actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, so a, a lot of people in the world are on statins to try and lower cholesterol, which is what I've talked about um, with, you know, before basically doctors treating symptoms rather than the cause. So, your body is full of cholesterol. It makes up like 50% of cell walls. It gives them body. Otherwise, you'd just be like mush. It's in your skin. That's what, you know, the sunlight reacts with cholesterol to form vitamin D, which is essential to metabolism, immune system, all sorts of functions, uh, hormone generation. Um, your brain's made the, out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the bad cholesterol is important in your immune system because it uh, binds to um, uh, toxic cells like uh, bacterial cells and prevents them from doing damage to surrounding tissue. Um, so, I mean, if you if you take pills to lower that, and as you said, you know, your brain is like 25% cholesterol. Um you know how can that that must have some effect on brain function? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it um, from an evolutionary standpoint because this is you know a lot of the paleo keto people. It's like an evolutionary thing. We'll look at it from that perspective. So, if your body has got a lot of cholesterol floating around in the blood, it's probably for some reason. It's not just your body going, "Well, fuck you, I'm going to kill you early." It's it's there's a reason for it, and we don't understand those reasons sometimes. 
But doctors just say, well, when the cholesterol is high, they die younger. They get heart attacks. They get you know clogged arteries. Well, it must be the cholesterol. Get rid of the cholesterol. But they're not really sure about all the mechanics of it. So right. it's a problem. Well, that is, again, treating the, the symptom rather than the cause. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I mentioned, you know, the, the cellular membrane cell walls are ab- about 50% cholesterol. And they are – cholesterol in general tends to be a repair mechanism. Mm-hmm. So – and specifically in the heart and the arteries, it's there for support because that's, you know, a high pressure system. So you need to strengthen uh, the walls of the, the those cells. So if there's some underlying damage, you know, if you have a heart problem, you have some damage in your arteries, your body's going to send more cholesterol there. And if you don't fix what's causing that damage it's going to keep sending cholesterol there and then you get clogged arteries and doctors are like oh your cholesterol is too high take these pills mm-hmm. yeah and that's that that's really what it is i mean the, the problem is is cholesterol goes to repair the artery wall there's so much inflammation going on that there's more mm-hmm. and more damage more and more cholesterol and then you have oxidizers that come in and grab the cholesterol basically and and uh, kind of suck it into the artery wall and it builds up a layer between the artery walls so that it kind of builds up a clog. And really, I think, I mean, Michael, you, you, you've experienced this as well. As as soon as you start eating less sugars and starches, the inflammation in your body goes down. You, you stop being <clears throat> sore. You could, you could, uh, you know, you could walk farther your back and hurt as much. I am, mm-hmm. I immediately stopped mm-hmm. snoring. My wife was amazed. I mean, <laughs> she, we, I used to buy her bottles of earplugs to wear with me because it was just unbearable. And now it's, I don't snore anymore. So, and that was before the weight started really coming off. That was just immediate. And I think that had a lot to do with um, the inflammation, dealing with the, you know, so much insulin and um, carbohydrate. Have hmm. you attempted to give your doctor any articles or documentation on the ketogenic diet and its side effects? Or is he sort of, as most people do, associating keto with Atkins, which is known to cause other issues? He seems to be reading current studies, so I think he's going to come around on his own. I won't um, go so far as to give him pamphlets, or religious tracts or whatever. So <laughs> It's like, look here, doctor, if that is your real name. Yeah. I know better here. Yeah, I mean, take this. I don't blame him. It's 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 what that's what all the doctors, you know, have always told me. And they, I've been on cholesterol medication for you know twenty years, so um, I went off of it on my own. Um, oh, I don't know, six months ago or so, um, my cholesterol I got up to three hundred something at one point, and they and the doctor put me back on cholesterol because I'd stopped it again in the past. Um, but I went off of it on my own about six months ago. I told the doctor, look, um, I've been off cholesterol a couple months now. I want more blood work, but this time I want an, an MR. I want to know exactly what kind of cholesterol I have, not just LDL and HDL. I want to know what kind of LDL is it? Is it the big kind or the little kind? I want to know, you know, really the point of doing that was to give the doctor an argument. Look, don't worry about the high and low LDL. That's not the bad thing. As long as they're all big fluffy ones, it's okay. So right. I wanted to show him that. It's like, yes, I'm, I felt like I'm eating better. Um, my cholesterol appears to be high, but if you really look at it in detail, it's not such a bad thing. Don't give me these statins anymore. So he takes the blood work and uh, they screw up the test 
So there's only one way, only one place in America, I guess, in North Carolina that does this test. And they sent back the results and the results were um, zero, which was in the good range. And the comments were no sample received. So oh, I thought you were like contaminated, like someone dumped butter into the test tubes. Like it's off the charts. So my doctor didn't know that the test failed. He just said, oh, it's within normal range. Okay, you're good. <laughs> oh, great. So, uh, so anyway, I just got more blood work done um, two days ago, and I'm waiting on the results again. But uh, my blood work during the uh, process of my weight loss um, was all moving in a positive direction. My my cholesterol profiles went almost normal within six months. There was, you know, it was it was amazing, and I kept telling the doctor, I just rub it in his face. Wow, you obviously changed something. What did you do? Oh, I doubled up on the saturated fats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know what's funny? Drop so the mic. <laughs> I, I picked. Uh, I picked my. I, I asked Ed. You know, I guess last year I was like, "What doctor's office are you going to in this area?" And you know, I, I found his doctor's office in this area, so I picked the doctor there. I couldn't get his doctor. I got another doctor there. This little hot Indian chick who could get it and <laughs> she was like uh, and so she basically I was talking to her about the keto thing and of course my keto situation is not anywhere is like where I can rub anything in anyone's face you know and I haven't I honestly I have not been dedicated to it I, you know I've been kind of eating keto and then not like probably never really getting into ketosis and um, I, she said, so what are you doing to lose weight? You know, cause she weighs me every time and she's like, oh, you're still the same weight. What's happening? And I was you're like, still oh, the same I'm weight. fat. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're still fat. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'm trying to get the keto thing going. And she's like, oh, that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's a good way to die. You know, she's like going on and on, you know, and she's totally like into the Atkins thing. And it's just kind of funny to me how the doctor, how doctors are. You know, and not that I'm some kind of medical expert, but you know, I think the the prevailing logic is out there. But I think maybe these guys get so programmed into like, oh well, if it's not in the journal, no one's written something about it, then you know, maybe the science behind it is just what we've seen and not. Well, that's the thing: the science behind any of the stuff, the you know, the quote unquote traditional, you know, calories in, calories out. You should you know do exercise. You should do this. You should do that. That's all bullshit too. Like, there's barely any like actual good studies that show that that stuff works. Yeah, you know. I mean, exercise is good for some reasons, but um, as you always used to tell me, uh, it's good for a lot of things, but not for losing weight. And when mm -hmm. I got back from the hike, I can, I, I'll, I'll tell you, that's exactly right. I mean, I exercised. <laughs> I mean, I did like fifty thousand steps a day for ten days straight. You know, and. It really, you know, it doesn't do much for you. Um, it, it's all diet. If you want to lose the weight, it's the diet. All exercise does is make you more hungry. So now I'm eating 8,000 calories a day. So it just balances out. Your your body will just kind of self-regulate. Oh, my God, he's exercising more. He needs to eat more. And make him hungry. Make him hungry. And then it, it doesn't help. Mm -hmm. so you want to lose weight. Exercise is not really ideal, I think. So that's another question I have, and this is kind of, I guess, to both you and Evan. Um, so me and Evan, we did the, you know, we did mixed martial arts in 2010 or 2009, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, 
And I was just happened to be going through pictures today because Google tempted me. It's like make a book out of your photos, and I was like, oh, let me let me look through my photos. So I went all the way back to 2007, and I had a photo of Evan holding up a pair of pants that was like huge next to him to show that his weight loss because he had lost I don't know how much weight he lost, you know. And I remember back then we were eating brown rice, vegetables, um, and meat six times a day. Or something like that. And we were weighing everything and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And we weren't eating a whole lot of everything. But we I, I don't, we weren't thinking, like, fat adapted or getting into ketosis or anything like that. And, like, you know, we were working out, like, crazy. Like, three or four hours a day, a day two or three times a week, Evan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two times a week, maybe? Two times a week? You know? So... I agree what you're saying, but I'm just the the upsetting thing about weight loss is there's so many ways to do it. And I understand how people would be very confused about about this, you know? I mean really I would, I would say your weight loss is probably the result more of the, the diet and weighing everything and uh-huh. all that. So it was a result of calorie restriction. Um uh, you know, basically under 2,000 calories a day, you know, maybe up to 2,000, and an extreme change in physical activity. So we basically went from completely sedentary to, I would say, moderately active, more which than is that. a drastic change. It was um, more so, than that. On those two days a week, it was like yeah, athletic. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, we're kicked this heavy bag a thousand times today. Like, okay, cool. Yep. A lot of people. A lot um, of people have lost a lot of weight doing things other than keto. Um, all of it is a calorie restriction, really. If you want to lose weight, it has to be a calorie restriction. The only thing about keto yep. is it's a little bit easier because you're not as hungry. That's yep. and you have all the extra calories already on your right. body. But you could no, you that... could go on a potato diet and lose weight. You just have to be very careful yeah. about how much you consume and how much you burn. Yep. That's what and. You know, it it all works. It's just I think you hit the nail on the head there, though, when you said hunger, because I remember well into that diet, like me and Evan, after leaving the gym, you know, sitting out in the parking lot of that restaurant being like, could we go in and eat a chicken right now? You know, and I remember being so hungry, like starving, you know, and I remember being in that state all the time. I was hungry, hungry, hungry. Like I was like, you know, I couldn't wait for that next meal. You know, the next little micro meal that I was eating. And that was like the prevailing thing was like being tired and being hungry. <laughs> you know, I used to, anticipation yeah. of something that you couldn't have. Yeah, it was exactly like, can I just eat? You know, like, can, could we eat? You know, sounds, remember, sounds like torture. I remember being very excited about eating then, you know, because it was like we were, weren't eating. We weren't getting to eat. I would get. So, yeah, yeah maybe it was torture. I'd get, I'd get really low blood sugar sometimes. Just, you know, when I was eating nothing but candy and, everything, you know, it would my blood sugar spiking up and down all the time and I'd get really low blood sugar in it. And I'd have to do like emergency runs down to the little convenience store downstairs and just cram some Snickers bars in my mouth because I was about to pass out. And that kind of thing never happens if you're doing keto. It just never does. So it's just your, your blood sugar when you measure it, you know, it's just rock solid right at normal all the time. It doesn't move. Yep. You got steady, feed of energy mm-hmm. coming from your fat stores. Yep. Uh, and to go back to 
the picture James was describing, I'm pretty sure they were brown pants. They're like brown cargo pants from uh, casual mail or it must have been casual mail. Or you know, Was it not a weight loss picture? Was it like, look at these fat guy pants I found somewhere outside? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, were, they were definitely mine. But yeah, that was, I don't know how much I weighed at my most um, because I never weighed myself. After having lost some weight, I was at like 487 and those pants were size 68. Uh, and in that eight-month period where we were active doing that class, I lost 130 pounds. So it's possible without doing keto. Although some advice that a friend of mine gave me be- so before as we were starting was try to keep your carbs under 20. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what that was at the time, I started doing that. But, you know, we kind of pushed that up a little bit. So you might have been doing keto without even realizing it for a short period. Yeah. We weren't eating that many carbs. We weren't eating mashed potatoes. Or that. It was like all brown rice. No. And yeah. So it, we might've been well, brown you know, rice and vegetables may have may contribute to the carb count. They do. It's always, it's also the preferred uh, meal of actresses in the movie Showgirls from 1995. Oh, well, um, brown rice and vegetables. Well, let's get Elizabeth. Uh, Berkeley. Berkeley and Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon, thank you. I figured you were going to make a name up, Michael. I was like, "There's no way he knows." Who that, really. <laughs> no, I, I can picture her. I just couldn't think of her name, but that's it, Gina Gershon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, calories in, calories out is is true. But I, I like the the analogy of uh, you know a clogged toilet. It's like okay, the toilet's clogged, the water's coming over the top. It's like, well, why is the water coming over the top? It's well, more went in than came out. Obviously, but what what what's mm-hmm. the problem? You know, why is the water not flowing through properly? So that it's it's the same thing. Calories in, calories out is true in a way, but there are ways to do it more efficiently. And um, so one of the one of the tools that I used, um, being a nerd as we all are, um, there are several apps to track these things. And I've tried My Fitness Pal, which is a good one. Um, I did one called Lose It, which is also pretty good. But then I ended up on the one that uh, Chris Bear over at Keto Chow recommends, which is uh, uh, Chronometer. Um, And that um, does a really good job of tracking the micronutrients. The databases are really accurate on that one, although they're not complete, unfortunately. So one of the things I miss on that is being able to go to Wendy's and say, I want a Baconator with no bun. That is not going to be in the database. So it's really hard to... (laughs) (laughs) So um, some of the other ones... um, the My Fitness Pal and Lose It, you know, they had user entries, then they had already done that. Whether it was accurate or not, we don't know, but um, those were in there already. So, best guess. So, everything I put in my mouth, I would measure on these apps. You know, I'd weigh everything. I would, you know, at least estimate the best I could exactly how much I was eating. So, I set my keto chow at 1200 and then eat up to, um, you know, 1900, 2000 or so. And then that would be the day and I would stop. And if I was hungry, I was hungry. And that's what I did for that entire period. Now, about once a month, I would eat a pizza or uh, have a piece of cake or something, but that was it. So now speaking again of micronutrients, have you ever experimented supplementing like spirulina tablets or chlorella tablets or anything like concentrated, um, 
green micronutrients? Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, magnesium, right? It's what we're talking about. We're talking green. We're talking magnesium, and uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you, know, you know, vitamin B, vitamin D, these things. I mean, yeah, I eat all these in a pill. You know, I don't, uh, I yeah. don't mess with it too much. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not really, uh, like I said, I'm lazy. Um, I don't care what I eat, and um, if I don't at least eat the multivitamins and drink the heavy cream and whatever I then. Um, I just go back to total laziness where I'm just shoving cookies in my mouth whenever I feel like it. And mm-hmm. that just, that doesn't work for me. So the doctors always complain, you need to eat quality foods, not that processed bacon. And but it's like, well, Hey, it's better than what I was doing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just do Kirkland multivitamins, you know, and uh, don't worry mm-hmm. about it too much. Now, James, you said your doctor was, was telling you that, like keto would kill you. I mean, she didn't say it would kill you. She just she's not a she's not a proponent of anything that you know. I mean, I understood where she was coming from because you know it seems to me like doctors. I, I know experience. I've experienced from firsthand that everything a doctor knows after school is something they pick up from either a pharmacy pharmaceutical salesperson or something they've heard in the kind of something that's come out through the prevailing winds of medical science over a period of time. So, you know, nothing in our society moves fast. Everything's like, oh, I heard from a guy that this is the new thing and it works. Or they read it in a, in a magazine they got somebody just happened to pick up. It's not like they get their medical news blog and it's like, here's all the facts that we know right now today. You know what I mean? Right. So, so of course, so much information coming out on a daily basis. Yeah. They can't keep up. And if, if I was a doctor, knowing that, some guy lost weight eating potatoes. Another guy lost weight doing what might be perceived as tons of exercise. Another guy lost weight doing keto. You know what I mean? It's like I would never tell somebody, here's what you should do to lose weight. I would say, here's what you can do to stay alive and be safe. So I totally get where she's coming from. And if I would, like I said, if I was a doctor, I would not even begin to prescribe, you know, to one method or another because it's a slippery slope of like, your medical history and your 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 physiology and all this kind of things is different for everybody and i would let people go experiment on their own and just kind of encourage them to be safe which yeah. i think keto done responsibly is or, or keto keto done knowing what keto is and how to do it is 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 fine mm-hmm. you know but if think, you eat like steaks like 15 steaks in a day then that's not keto that's something else altogether <laughs> yeah that's abuse yeah the, yeah. Uh, the official um, keto diet is you know ad libitum i guess they say you can eat whatever you want just eat these kinds of foods and only eat when you're hungry but you know i haven't been able to get that to work for me yet i want that to work but i haven't been able to mm-hmm. get that to work i do think modern medical training um well, it's tragic how little nutrition it actually covers. It might be, you know, part of one class one semester. Um, but it's also working off of textbooks that might be 10 to 20 years old and don't necessarily address the, you know, the current epidemic or current issues in society. Also, there is something called ketoacidosis, which your doctor could be worried about if you're taking uh, insulin or diabetic medication and get into like super deep ketosis then it has the potential to be life-threatening but that's fairly rare yeah someone told me that that was an excuse Uh, you know uh i can't think of who it was but a guy i was talking about keto um and he was telling me he's like oh yeah 
ketoacidosis, it'll kill you, man. You got to watch that shit. Don't even do it. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? And that's a sad thing, right? People pick up an idea and they're like, someone says one thing and they're like, okay, this is bad, you know? And um, it's like Kevin Spacey, you know, you suck one 14-year-old's dick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're labeled next, a villain. <laughs> next thing you know, you're a villain for the rest of your life, you know? No, I, I've, I've um, heard ketoacidosis. It's very, um, it's a very specific group of people. And the numbers of yeah. ketones you have to have in your blood is ridiculously high. I You could eat nothing. You could eat zero carbs. Just eat fats and a little bit of proteins. And you, you're going to, you know, you, you check, you check your uh, blood ketone levels, and it's going to be very low. It's not going to be anywhere near what it takes to, to you know, damage your yeah, health it's gonna on be that. Like between two and five millimolars mm-hmm. per liter or something your, your, like that. Your, and yeah. ke- your liver has to be broken in order for that to be a problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. It does happen, but yes, it's very, very specific and dire circumstances. Yes. You know, if, if your blood ketones get up to like 15 or 20, um, which granted like almost never happens to a normal person, then that's when it's risky. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell of a picture, James. I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a Paddy's Pub t-shirt. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. Nice. All right. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So, insulin's fun, right? That's one of your uh, regulatory hormones whose primary function is it's storage. Fuck your shit up. No. No, I mean, we need it, and it, it does its job, but if you overwhelm your body with an excessive intake of food, it doesn't really have a choice, and it makes you fat to keep you alive. <laughs> Basically, you know, protects you from yourself. Um, so insulin's a hormone, uh, and in case people don't know, most, or I'll say a lot of hormones um, are formed by uh cholesterol so you need cholesterol too that's the precursor to most hormones yeah um i mean insulin is um you know, my wife is diabetic and uh no. type one or two if i may ask uh, type two okay and um so you know we've dealt a lot with this i've tried to get her to try the the diet but there are other issues and she's she hasn't she hasn't fallen for it yet so <laughs> that's fine um, so I've learned about insulin from that, you know, from that angle. Um, and in my own experience, insulin is a problem because I love sweet. I love, uh, I drink a lot of diet, Dr. Peppers and, you know, keto chow is sweet. And I like, you know, artificial, um, sweeteners in my ice creams. And, you know, I just, I love it. And the problem I'm dealing with is, is I think that what's happening is, is just the taste of the sweet is causing a little bit of an insulin response. And that is preventing my fat cells from releasing energy is trying to um, switch those off in favor of burning the perceived glucose that's in my blood that's not really there necessarily. Well, I do know, and this is something like I would like to do another episode about this because there's a lot of topics that I'm not uh, well read on that I would like to talk about, such as autophagy, apoptosis, um, heat cold shock proteins all kinds of stuff like that and artificial sweeteners is one of the things i would like to talk about in the future because i know you know some of the um 
sugar alcohols, even though they're not on the glycemic index, that they still produce a spike in insulin. Um, I cannot remember if it's, you know, xylitol, erythritol. Well, some of them, some um, of them actually, they are on the glycemic index. They do produce, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a glucose response in your body as well. So, mm-hmm. um, a few of them are really bad, but, um, I mean, they, they're like, okay, it's only 60% the response that you get from sugar. Well, that's pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> so the, pretty much the worst thing you can eat is maltodextrin and that's used in a filler for a lot of you know like grocery products mm-hmm. um i'm sure it's in protein powders probably not you know the the sugar-free protein powders um but i honestly I have not looked at the labels close enough but maltodextrin is like concentrated sugar concentrate and it's like at the top of the charts for the glycemic index your body's like holy shit this is intense so Hmm. avoid maltodextrin it's in everything so good luck (laughs) yeah 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 it's in your house (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm doing a lot of um aspartame and sucralose sucralose is what's in keto chow by the way um at least it was last i checked so it's uh, it's very sweet. It's supposed to be reasonably good for you. One thing I have learned is um, when you get Splenda, is try and find the uh, the liquid variety and not the crystal variety. The crystal mm-hmm. variety apparently has to be kind of um, formed in dextrose to to, to make it yep. crystalline. <laughs> so that's actually the last time I bought like one of the big pound bags of Splenda, and I think the first the first or second ingredient was maltodextrin. I was like, fuck. Yep. Yep. So we got the liquid kind. Unfortunately, the liquid kind has a very short shelf life. Uh, we found, I got one squirt bottle and it went bad, you know, 25% of the way through it. So. Hmm. Does it taste sour or something? Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I look at it. I saw the date and said, ah, this expired last Uh, month and I threw it out. So I don't know. But, um, I'm trying to encourage my wife, well, to, my wife to use it. So. Next, it's like the butter. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, next time you eat some three-week-old but you know, expired butter, toss some uh, three-week-old expired Splenda drops in no, there. No, no, no. Three months. <laughs> three months. <laughs> yeah, it was three-month-old butter, not three-week-old. I apologize. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the cans of uh, sardines I found that expired in 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm like, should I throw these away? Delicious. Like Simpson, I probably shouldn't eat that packet of powdered gravy I found in the parking lot. You know, <laughs> oh, that's good life advice. So let me ask this, and I just googled it, so I've answered my own question. Um, agave is off the table, absolutely, because it's basically a, it's just like sugar. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, it was a, the sugar. It was a, I've been downing agave like it's going out of style. <laughs> I know. I used to. I used to have agave and nectar in the not in this apartment, but in the previous apartment, I had agave and nectar because I was like, oh, I'm doing something good for myself right now. This is good for me. It's not sugar. I learned about that in it's, in a movie called That Sugar Movie um, or That Sugar Film, I think. Um, yep. Very high production value. Really like that movie. And they had a like a, a really pretty graphic of all the uh, different names for sugar. And it's all the same thing, but there's like 50 different fancy names for sugar. And agave was on that list, and I noticed that at the time. I was like, "Oh, okay." So that's where I learned that. Yep. I so mean, what, I, what, I think it's just like honey from a plant. Uh-huh. 
high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, well, they well, say yeah. they say it said uh, what does it say here? Uh, it has four grams of sugar per teaspoon, which is exactly the same as regular sugar, or corn syrup, or molasses, or anything else. So molasses, just, there you it's go. Just sugar, it's just fucking sugar. Yeah, it's something you don't hear about every day. Which is, it's great, you know. Like I could take this to the head and just like just gargle it, you know. Be a slow gargle, but I'd I'd do it. Yeah, and agave is great. Yeah, the ev- evolutionary aspect of it is is basically you know bears hibernate, so they have to fatten up for the winter time. So, and the only time that you get berries and fruits and things is is just you know right before hibernation season. So they go out and forage for those things, and they just ah oh, sugar. I love sugar. I gotta have sugar. So they just stock up on the sugar to fatten themselves up so that they could sleep through the winter. And and. Humans are kind of like that as well, except for it's always summer. It's all, you know, there's always sugar and fruit everywhere all the time. And so we just, we crave it more than we should. I mean, in nature, it's the appropriate amount of crave. But um, when we have so much abundance, it's not a good thing. We're, we're in, humans. In we gotta, society. We got to yeah. do better than the bears. We got to like, well, bears are happening. We got to lift. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like we, we spend our winters lifting. <laughs> do we? <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. We don't lifting <laughs> lifting cheesesteaks. That's why yeah. we're not better <laughs> than the bears. Lifting food into our face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I was a. Uh, um, I had a little thing in there about um, Seventh Day Adventists and uh, in the controversy line there. I want to yeah, bring that please. up a little bit. I stumbled across this stuff. I listened to uh, two Keto Dudes podcasts. I listened to the Keto Evangelist podcast. Um, I watch all the little documentaries and movies and things. But sometimes I stumble across things on my own. I, found, I was looking at the uh, Wikipedia page for Kellogg's. And I just, I was totally amazed. I just went right down that rabbit hole and found all kinds of interesting things about um, Kellogg's. It's basically the guy that, uh, the doctor uh, from the late 1800s that started the Kellogg's company. It was a Seventh-day Adventist. And they are um, vegetarian, you know, for spiritual reasons. Um, mostly has to do with, you know, not masturbating. So that's, yeah. (laughs) So he he invents cornflakes, you know, to prevent, you know, people from masturbating. So it it was just an amazing thing. And so this was a big thing in Battle Creek, Michigan. This, all these companies form post cereals came out of that, uh, mess apparently post, you know, broke into the Seventh-day Adventist sanitarium and, and stole their recipe for cornflakes and invented post you know, corn nuggets or whatever they called it. I don't know. But um, all this was based on how do we get people to eat really plainly um, and not get them all excited with things like, you know, fats and, you know, eggs and bacon and things like that. So, but the start of that, it seems ridiculous, but it's grown so huge. And if you think about it, the Seventh-day Adventists are really huge in the medical and um, educational areas. I mean, Half the hospitals in this area are Seventh-day Adventist hospitals. Um, the second largest educator in the world is the Seventh-day Adventist. they got schools everywhere. They teach everybody. And they, they publish studies um, that you know are probably well-intentioned, but they are very biased towards meat causes cancer, fat is bad, vegetables good, eat more vegetables, fresh leafy green vegetables. That's what you got to do. Um, they own all kinds of cereal companies. In uh, Australia is the other half of it. They've got um, state-owned cereal companies, but we're still built up by the Seventh-day Adventists. So it's they've gone further there. They've made it a state thing where they're pushing, um, you know, grains and vegetables over meats. 
So it, it's it's amazing the influence and the reach they have, and they put out all these articles and stories. And, you know, saturated fat is bad. Animal fat's bad. You're going to die from eating too much red meat and all these. So uh, I'm just amazed at how much influence they've had on on uh, on our culture and society over the years. Um, when you when you actually dig a little deeper and look into it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, so you're telling me that I should avoid bacon because masturbation? You know, that's it's it's crazy. <laughs> so, but we still follow those guidelines, and it, it just blows me away. There's so many things we believe in this day and age that are perfectly normal to us because of some one person's ridiculous belief. That's so par for the course in human society. It's ridiculous. Like we're so biased and we're so, we just believe things without checking the, the, the validity of them. And, uh, yeah, I was hoping that story was going to end a different way. Like cornflakes or keto, believe it or not. (laughs) Like that's what I was hoping for. Or cinnamon toast crunch is, it's good for your organs. They started adding They started (laughs) adding sugar and that was like a big, um, controversy you know amongst the kellogg's because hey we don't want to make this too exciting you know what it's going to do to the young men out there so um but some people are the like <laughs> nobody wants to eat this crap it's too plain it's too plain it's too plain let's have frosted flakes you know let's let's add sugar let's put sugar in it and then they start to just go nuts on it and the advertising campaigns if you look at those like 40s and 50s advertising campaign for cereal Oh my God! It's like candy. Everything in it is—it's just every bite is just a sugar explosion, and, and they're selling this. And that's where you know all these sugary cereals came from. Just trying to make the plain, non-masturbatory cereals taste better to kids, so they would eat them. You know, and it's there's no science behind it at all. It's it's just it's just it's crazy. Yeah, let's sell our product now. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's what it's about. You know, it's like it's not about. Like if, yeah, if you look at those fifties and those fifties, forties and fifties commercials, you know you'll see you what you see there is the beginning of like a company, a corporate, an industry realizing what power it could wield, and it just going ham, you know. And now it's like kind of tamed down, and Big Sugar is like sliding into the background, you know, <laughs> you Smoke. know, puppeteering everyone, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, Ed, man. Ed, uh, tell us about the uh, – we were just talking about this the other day. What's going on in Baltimore? Isn't that the, like the main entry point? Yeah, there's a Domino Sugar um, plant right in the inner harbor of Baltimore. Oh, so yeah. there's a, a big neon sign that's that's kind of famous there over the factory. It's Domino Sugars. Uh, most pictures of Baltimore inner harbor, you're going to see that in the background. But there's always um, – mm tanker ships coming in there and they unload the tanker ships into the factory then they refine and process the sugars and ship them out from there um but i used to go out in the boat and we we kind of just kind of loiter around the uh cargo ships and watch the process of them unloading these boats these giant rusty cargo ships coming from costa rica or whatever and they got raw sugar product in there and they just left it out of there with these big old rusty cranes and these big like steel claws and they just dump it out on the dock, you know, where everybody's working. And then some, you know, rusty old forklift bobcat thing comes and pushes it into the factory right down the street. It's, um, it's incredible. I'm thinking, man, I, I eat that stuff. How do they clean this? It's a clean <laughs> yeah. process. Yeah. <laughs> but how else are they supposed to do it? Really? How else are they going to have like a big hefty bag? In some the guy ship spit in it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it is dirt until they, bleach it and bake it or whatever the hell they do with it so um it's just interesting to me like i you know we eat this stuff this is they how can they possibly clean it after all that you know it's like huh 
well, to quote, uh, what's his name, Neil deGrasse Tyson from the book uh, we read, he said, a, a non-Newtonian fluid, a white mm-hmm. non-Newtonian fluid from pigeons, <laughs> aka pigeon shit, yeah. was all over the place. Yeah, I could just imagine that. That's horrible. That reminds me of, like, the, the videos you see of, like, uh, them doing... Uh, who was it? Was it Cuba or some South American country? There's a video I saw a documentary about cane sugar and how like the whole industry got killed or whatever. And you know the process of them doing it. And you're just looking at them do it, and you're like, oh, this is not. I don't want to put that anywhere near my body. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing just looks like a mess. We do a lot of beet sugars now, so yeah, mm-hmm. white, very white fruit farms there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know it's uh it's just it's one of it's just another half of uh you know agriculture and politics and you know it's just like the whole corn thing you know let's make ethanol uh let's let's mandate ethanol in our fuel it doesn't really save fuel economy uh it's not better for our engines um but you know hey we could sell more corn and uh, they're subsidizing it so we can make more money. So let's push this. So they lobby to have laws made that, you know, ethanol is required in our gas. And uh, it's not better for us as a society, but um, that's what ends up happening. So <laughs> uh, same thing happens, you know, sugar, corn, uh, agriculture. Um, I've been getting a little more into, I guess everybody in the keto world has been getting a little more into, um, you know, animal agriculture. How do you, uh, you know how do you scale our, you know, animal husbandry and all that stuff to, to accommodate? What if everyone in the world went keto, what would happen? And, you know, the vegetarians are telling us that, uh, you know, all these, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, you know, the factory farming cattle and everything. What do they call those things? I can't remember. Um, Slaughter no, days? no, there's something that there's some word to describe what they call, uh, you know, ranches where they like, Keep all the cows like tightly bound up in um, um, in these bins, and yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like factory farming of uh, cattle. Is that destroying the mm. environment? All their farts and everything, and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of people now, especially on the on the keto side, that are finding out no, that's that's not actually true. If everybody ate, you know, ruminants instead of eating agriculture, we'd be a lot better off environmentally because agriculture is very damaging to the environment as well. So. It's just, you know, pros and cons on both sides. But um, so and if uh, everyone took their part, yeah. you know, if you have a couple chickens in your backyard, you're you've got chicken if you want it. But you've also got eggs on a daily mm-hmm. basis. So uh, I'll say this. OK. Um, I think I've had like free range, non grown in a factory farm chicken. And of course, we've all eaten regular chicken. And it's funny. It, it tastes completely. It's funny different. that you you refer to what we eat as regular chicken as opposed to, you know, farm. Well, I think grown. everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I think I think everyone. I think if you go to like KFC, you, you had you a wild to, chicken, James. Is that well, it? no. If you go to if you go to KFC or you go to the grocery store, <laughs> yeah. you're buying you're buying or produce something bought by made by Purdue. Well, I'm hunting. You're probably chicken. getting chicken that was grown in some one of these houses filled with chicken farts, and the chicken are like living in squalor, and everyone cries a tear when they see. It and they're like, I can never eat chicken again. Then they go eat chicken a half an hour later after they see the watch the documentary. Yeah. You know, so I think we're all eating that chicken, and I think the the 
this girl I dated once, this this cook, she bought chicken from some Amish people who probably gave the chicken bubble baths and rubbed soap in them and let them drink beer like Kobe beef, like the Kobe the Kobe chickens. <laughs> and, and and they were amazing. I mean, I, I hate chickens. to say I hate to say this, it was the best piece of chicken I ever had in my entire life. And all she did was just like well, maybe she's give it a, a quick cook. grill and no, she didn't season it. I watched her. She didn't do anything to it. Yes, maybe she is a good cook, but she didn't do anything to the chicken. You know, and it was okay. it was amazing. Now, now there's obviously bias there, and there's obviously the thought that you know, oh, you know, you know, you get this inherent thought in your brain. You're like, oh, this chicken's supposed to be better for you, so it must be better. You know, and maybe that made it taste better. I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Things are. It's nice to do things for expediency. I think. But I think that sometimes there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to do things, um, and I don't know. I, I it's maybe I'm just too much of a soft softy you know beta cuck. But I just <laughs> I just <laughs> feel like <laughs> I feel like you know when I see those those the way that they farm chickens, I just all I see is a big company doing something for expedience, and it just doesn't. I, I feel like sometimes you have to do things the right way, and I don't know what that right way is, you know. Maybe it's maybe it's not the old way. Maybe progress has to take a place here. But, you know, I feel like I don't know. I just it to me, it looks like sending sending a product to China, having it made in China rather than having a craftsman make it here who's been making them for 50 years right? or getting buying a new pair of shoes instead of taking a quality pair of shoes to a cobbler and having the heel fixed. When I see a thing full of 7000 chickens in one little pin compared to chickens in a field roaming free eating whatever. Well, there's you probably know. a balance. I mean, that could be that could be had. I mean, it's like but, sugar. It's like the sugar on the dock. You know, it's like you're like look at you like this is disgusting, and then you look at those chickens in there. You're like they're delicious, but this is really gross. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine that I'm going to eat something refined from. Yeah, this. you spend any time at all on a PETA website and look at some of their material. It's 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 horrifying. It's really bad. I mean, you see this big machine with these chickens that are alive, hanging upside down, flying around full speed, like centrifugal force, pulling them out. And then there's, there's just this blade there and they're moving through this machine. as fast as it's just a blur. And as they swing around this one side, they get their throat cut. It's just like, it's like, wow. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just really disturbing to see that, but you know, we love our cheap chicken. I mean, how do you get a chicken fully your rotisserie yeah. prepared yeah, for five yeah. bucks at Giant? You know, I mean, how do you do that otherwise? Yeah. So no, brutal. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, you know, that's that, that's that's a big... So metal. Yeah. That's like the core problem of everything we talk about on this show, I think, is one of the core problems is everyone wants everything cheap. Like, no one wants to pay any extra tax to get something done right. <laughs> and fast. Everyone, everyone wants like a $3, a $3 whole chicken, you know, um... Yeah, or I mean, like how much, 7, how much is a wings. chicken? Like if you just went and bought a whole chicken at Giant. I mean, not cooked. You know, just like six bucks. See, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty amazing. Good. I mean, if you take out, you know, okay, the Giant overhead, so they got to pay for their store, they got to do distribution, shipping, got employees working there. You got this little plastic box they put it in. They wrap the string string around the thing manually. They roast this. You know, they got to pay for the heat. They got to pay for all the seasoning and spices and everything. And they still got to make a profit on top of that. You could go out and buy a live chicken for twenty cents, right? I mean, how cheap is the chicken to begin with? But could you buy a live chicken for twenty? <laughs> I don't know. They, no, they must. Right? I mean, how else do you build all that profit in there and all that overhead? I think a live. See, if you asked me, and that's a funny thing about like about supply and demand, I guess, or cost or whatever the economic word is for it. 
a live chicken, if you asked me, and I guarantee you Michael would say the same thing, like, I would like to go buy a live chicken. Okay, here's $30, you know, and you get one live chicken for $30. And you look at that and you're like, I can never cook this because it would be a total waste of money, you know? Like, how much, what the fuck does a live chicken cost if you're like, I want to be a chicken farmer? Like, you know, a million dollars. You know, this is a massive enterprise and undertaking. Um, I don't think they actually cost that much. So assuming you have a constructed chicken coop and some feed for them. Well, you get you I, get your seed chickens and then you, you know. Yeah. Well, you go to Tractor <laughs> Supply and you can buy chicks there. And I think they're $2 or so per chick. 15 to $25 each. <laughs> Are they? At yeah. Tractors? No, 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 no. How much does a chickens cost? Baby chicks cost one to five dollars each. Okay. Depending on variety of factors, young hens cost fifteen to twenty-five dollars each. Okay. So get a, well, a young hen of those. can produce more chickens, right? So. I uh, love if you have a next rooster, to, yes. I put into Google cost of a live chicken, and it says shop for cost of a live chicken. It's like yard bird chicken plucker four hundred twenty-four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Google. You know where I'm going here. <laughs> oh my so god! So if you if you invest a hundred dollars one time, and then have some land in your backyard, you can. It's good to own land. <laughs> yeah, it's good to own land. <laughs> <laughs> you can partially sustain yourself for years. Yeah. Ed, I get could, on that. Yeah, I, I got a little land. You know, I, I have a uh, a mixed use residential property, so that means I'm zoned for. Um, some agriculture. So I can have uh, four animals per acre of land. So that, that means I can have 16 chickens if I wanted to, or one cow and, you know, 12 chickens. Um, it's interesting. They treat them all the same, yeah. huh? So um, I thought one, about one it. One chicken equals one cow. I thought about it. I've yeah. seen chicken coops on wheels, right? So that they just they eat, they destroy the ground, kill your grass, eat all your worms, and then you just move the whole thing over six feet, and then they destroy that section for a while. And you rotate it around yep. the yard, and you just eat the eggs. You don't even need a rooster. You get a rooster, you're going to make more chickens. So you just eat the eggs, and then that's it. <laughs> so what's the timing? You seem like you know what's going on here. What's the timing between, like, getting the chicken when there's an there's something going to become something in this egg, and then you, like, get the egg, and you're like, okay, this is yolk. This is something I can eat. Versus, what do you mean? I mean, at some point, an infant becomes... An Im- well, this egg okay, becomes so, an infant, and this is because I'm a city boy, so I don't know, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's chicken that lays eating eggs, and then there must be some kind of chicken that lays chicken eggs. I, I've uh, well, I've looked this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel better. I feel better. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm asking. I'm pretty sure you don't know the answer to this. <laughs> so uh, here's what I think the answer is. I think that the eggs a timing gets, thing. The eggs I don't think, get fertilized. Yeah, I think they go. You go in and you grab the egg, like. As soon as legs eggs laid, no. you grab it. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, shit. I, I was okay. right. Here's what. Okay, I don't not, the answer to James, this. they're not fish or frogs. There's no external fertilization. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of is. Here, here, here's what I read. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but this is what I read. So, uh, basically, the roosters run around and stick a little patch of goo on the hens, and they lay the eggs through the goo, and that fertilizes them. Huh. So if there's no rooster around, they lay, you know, eaten eggs. But if there are roosters yeah. around, they'll be laying fertilized eggs. Because Holy fuck. they just run around, they stick a little patch of goo on the chicken, and then that's it, and they, they leave. And then uh, whenever the chicken gets around to laying an egg every day, then 
it's fertilized. I had no idea that's what happened. Yep. I assumed the chicken and the hen got it in. They laid a clutch of eggs. <laughs> and then if eggs. you grab the eggs that on day one, you could eat that. If you didn't grab it on day one, then it would become a. It's chick. like a human woman. I mean, she produces and she drops an egg every month or maybe more, but usually one. Oh, and if there's, the if there's no guy, it just comes out. <laughs> Un- unfertilized. <laughs> when you eat eggs, James, you're eating the chickens, period. Yeah. Oh. Enjoy that. Jesus. Yeah. So that have a nice asks, breakfast. So that so that asks so there's another question in there. That I'm not gonna ask. There's another question in there <laughs> of other eggs we can eat, but yeah, I'll save that for another time. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I went there. I couldn't resist. <laughs> all right, all it's right. Made out right. of people. <laughs> Man has a penis. A woman has a vagina. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Are you assuming genders, Ed? Always. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, is there anything non-health related to talk about anymore? Any any questions? Um, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about my my um, my role for the last year and a half, however long it's been, listening to the show. Um, and never providing any input. Sometimes it's frustrating. You're the only one who emails our feedback address, by really? the way. The only huh. one. I would think that um, you need more uh, telemetry on who's listening to the show. I'm going to figure out how to do that. Mike's the, Mike's the iTunes guy. I don't know if he can figure out how to track. There, There's more people who listen to the show, but they don't say anything, and we, we kind of hear, we kind of hear, like, they're friends of ours. We hear like little stuff on the side, like "Oh, uh, I heard blah, blah blah on the show," and uh, someone called. I think someone called me this week and said, "You know, are you oh, Dave sent you a text?" Yeah, Dave texted me, and uh, oh, that's um, right. Our UPS friend said something to me yesterday about the show. So people listen to the show. Um, I think one thing we need to do better, um, if we're going to give a little little look behind the curtain, is we need to encourage people to post reviews on iTunes. Because apparently that's a great way to get more people to listen to the show. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, well, yeah. for for those of you who listen and don't email us and don't text us and don't post reviews on iTunes, shame on you. Get fucked. Well, shame on you. You know. Also, They're still the, our friends, James. This show brought to you by Ed and James, the only people <laughs> who put money in the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so please put money in the Patreon. We're not Thank closing you, the show yet. We're not done no, yet, no, no. though. <laughs> yeah, I, I um I had just joined up with uh, Patreon to give money to somebody else. And then I mentioned that to Michael, I think, and, and I hope that's what inspired you guys to get an account over there. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Because then it was easy for me to just say, Oh, and put money here too. Yeah. So that's good. So yeah, full honesty it. it had been mentioned before and I was kind of against it because I didn't know what added value we could give to anyone who supported us through Patreon and we're still trying to figure that out so if you have any suggestions for extras that you would like to see please email feedback at iopanelpodcast.com and we did not bring Ed on the show because he is a Patreon subscriber. We no. we brought Ed on the show because Ed successfully he's been very he's like kind of our our shaman of keto 
even though he learned about it sort of on his own way and through us also and through Michael. And he's been more successful at it than any of us have been. Evan's been also very successful, and he knows a lot, a ton about it. And he's kind of our, our, our keto Sherpa. But Evan is also like a keto. A key, well, you know, you're like a science keto scientist. You're, you dabble. Like Evan's like, well, I've been <laughs> I've been very successful at keto. I'm now going to try to fast sporadically and do this other crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, this might be a disaster or it might be great. Let's see what happens. And then he's like, well, it was a kind of a fail, but now we're going to dive into, uh, mixing earthworms in my diet. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, next, next week I'll be an ovo lacto vegan. <laughs> As James falls out of his chair. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh boy, Todd's vegan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes. Maybe I got really lucky and um, just kind of dove in and did exactly what I was told and did it. You know, um, did the diet just the way I was supposed to, and it worked really well. And now I'm trying different experimentations and trying different things, and I'm still not finding a, a good pattern of success, except for that first thing I tried. Maybe I was just lucky that I tried the right thing first, and everything else I'm trying is nah, not really helping too much no but that's great because it shows that the the keto getting keto chow and following following the uh the prescribed method it works and it can work for somebody who does that Mm -hmm. you know and then everything else can be mixed in you know over time and there's a time to experiment and a time to play around with it but you know you've kind of found a found a method that works Mm -hmm. and it's a method that a lot of people are using successfully so that's good that's an awesome thing and that's that's what we like to see. I think it's inspirational for all of us, you know, to work harder at. I mean, Michael's been successful too. Let me not knock Michael. He's been successful at it too. He's lost. He's lost a fair amount of weight, you know. But still, you know, it's it's. Yep. But it's I need great to, for I need to us. continue. Yeah. I need to keep going. Yeah. We've got we got friends at work that have lost weight. We, you know, it's it works if you do it. it. It works if you do it. But it's not always easy to do it. I mean, any diet works if you do it, right? So. <laughs> yeah, Ed uh, remains steadfast. While the rest of us succumb to constant temptation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it, it, it comes down to a lot of willpower, at least in the beginning. And then it, it becomes easier. I have definitely improved that um, over my time, even though I'm eating too much food at this point. But I am definitely doing much better. I had zero hand Halloween candy. My wife ordered a pizza. She ate three slices, put the rest in the fridge. And I just sat there and watched it mold over and didn't touch it. So I, I wouldn't have been able to do that not too long ago. So that it's just at this point, it's it's even more than habit. It's it's just kind of that's how I eat now. And it's yeah, it's easy to eat properly. Just got to work on my uh, amounts and, uh, you know, how I uh, my techniques that I use to trick myself into eating fewer calories. See, I couldn't do that. So. I couldn't do that. I'm not there yet. Although, you know what? Not with that attitude. I f- well, I, you know what's funny? Now that you, he says that, I feel like I could get there because I went to the store today and, you know. Bought a bunch of garbage. No, no, no. I mean, I bought some a pumpkin spice latte because I'm a basic bitch. But um, I got the pumpkin <laughs> spice latte and I'm standing in the store aisle of 7-Eleven staring at cigarettes. And I didn't have an urge to I didn't want one at all. And I didn't really quit smoking. I just kind of stopped. You know, I went to I was in a hospital for a while and unrelated to cigarettes at all. And I just kind of stopped smoking. And I was staying there and I was looking at cigarettes. And today would have been the perfect day to smoke. You know, and I was just like, no, you know, I didn't think about it, didn't have an urge. And I guess you could apply that same thing to a slice of pizza. 
at work, these motherfuckers are always ordering pizza and or sandwiches, and I'm like, well, I need four sandwich, four slices of four halves of sandwich, you know, and I'm like eating all day, and I'm eating pizza, and it's like I hate pizza. I don't even like pizza, you know. Um, so yeah, I I, I think got a lot of work to do. The sandwiches just eat the eat the innards. Impossible. James uh, hates wasting stuff, so. That's, that's my problem. That's yeah, I trouble. don't. I don't like bread. I got a fucking half a loaf of white up there. I haven't touched that. Michael bought me when I was sick, and I haven't touched it. It's still sitting there. Well, that's and long, long gone. I, I, no, I, no, I, I remember that, James. I remember that show where you were talking yeah. about having uh, sandwiches delivered, and you said no bread, and they brought bread, and you're like, "Fuck!" And the, I understand, and I and I heard that, and I and I do remember that. Um, and I just heard a um, two keto dudes podcast like last week. Where the guy's like, I order pizza all the time. I get all the toppings and everything, and I get the knife and a fork and I eat the toppings and throw the bread away. And I was like, Oh, that's a Jeez. bit much. I mean, uh, that's way too expensive for for what you're getting if that's what you're going to be doing. Oh but, yeah, yeah. So I understand. I cringe at that stuff too. But man, what are you going to do? I half the time I go to McDonald's, I order just double cheeseburgers and then do the disassembly myself. And the other half of the time, yeah. I That's tell what them, I do. No bread. A lot of the time. One time I got uh, three sausage muffin with eggs uh, with no muffins. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so they put it on a plate for me and they didn't collate them. <laughs> it's all set. So they put three pieces of cheese, three pieces of egg. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh boy. Yeah. And That's three amazing. sausages. It's like, That's oh amazing. my God. <laughs> I've seen that before. I think that there's some. I think there's somewhere there's some policy that if 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 people ask for something with no bread or something, you're gonna get this deconstructed mass. I've had that before, where you get this. I've asked for something with no bread before, and I've gotten all the components, and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know? And I'm of course I'm in my car, you know, being James, trying to eat in my car. So now I've got this handful of garbage, and I'm like, oh, you know, I gotta pull over and park. Yeah, it's a whole thing. The best. The best that ever happened to me, and it was just a mistake, you know, but it was, we tried to get no buns, and we got buns only. <laughs> uh, like, no no meat. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Please tell me you were, like, a mile away before you figured it out. No, we were in the restaurant. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah we, we got we got that like, uh, we got that ordering kiosk at McDonald's that Michael and I go to for lunch occasionally, and uh, uh-huh. that, that thing's fun. You could totally customize it. You could say, um, you know, no bun, no burger, no cheese, no ketchup, no onions, no nothing, and order it and pay the two bucks or whatever. And they, you know, I guess they give you a bag. I mean, I don't know what, <laughs> and they just <laughs> then just, just walk yeah. out. <laughs> That's great. I kind of want to do that now. Please prepare nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. You know, J- Jimmy John's. You get the unwitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love Jimmy John's. Yeah, that's 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 the coolest thing. Is and they take whatever you order. They don't. They doesn't even matter. And they'll wrap that motherfucker in lettuce. You know. Mm. Maybe I'm only noticing it now that I'm doing the diet. But I think I think it's becoming more and more popular. I most restaurants I go to have options that are clearly designed for people that don't eat carbs. And mm-hmm. it's just more and more I'm seeing it. And um, it's just, it's becoming easier and easier when people say, let's go out to eat. I'm not afraid anymore because there's always something I can eat. You know, there's a lot of, you know, like cob salads and wedge salads and things like, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, hamburgers, 
you know, just got to avoid the, the carbs. And there's so many options. It's not, not really hard at all, no matter where I go. I go to Subway and eat carb-free, you know. Yeah. They even have salads at Subway. The closest Subway to us now, though, the, the one that we had over here closed near our job. So now the closest one is, like, down the street, like, next to the, like, the Days Inn. And apparently, I've never been there, but one of our coworkers went there, and he said the the people who work there are behind bulletproof glass. What? Huh. Awesome. Yeah, Wait, it's just like it's that? literally like two blocks that way. <laughs> oh yeah. So there's so that area, it's come up a lot. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to hang out in that area, and like that. There's a, I guess it's it used to be an Econo Lodge. I don't know if it's there anymore. But I remember we went in there once for some reason, I don't know, to get change or something, and it was late at night. And the whole hotel rental, like space rental area, was all surrounded in bulletproof glass. And the restaurants all in that area had that thing. It's not like that anymore. Now you guys, now that whole Silver Spring area is kind of nicer now. But ugh. Yeah, that place is yeah. pretty bad. I remember they had like a prostitution ring broken up in there. Oh, that rest- yeah. that place? Yeah, that's not why I was there. Trust me. I, <laughs> wish. I wish that's no. why. <laughs> Got a foot long for you. Ayo. <laughs> None of this food is clean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, terrific. Terrific. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, oh, I, I listen to the show usually. It's, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Whenever it comes out, I listen to it on the way to work and on the way home. So, it's about a half hour. So, I split it up into sections. And, uh, James is the uh, the entertainment for me. He's the, he's the, he's the, he's always the best rants. I like those rants. <laughs> Cracks me up. That's why we I keep laugh him around out loud all the time. So keep it up, James. Uh, Man, no problem. It's two a.m. I, I can't, can't control it. I can't control yeah. it. And, and Michael always gets me angry with his uh, you know Vice articles and whatnot. Oh God. <laughs> uh, now I heard you saying that earlier. What do you like? Give me an example. I don't know. Uh, you, you guys start going off on, uh, you know, right wing um, YouTube channels and things. And um, some of it's informed, some of it's not. And uh, most yeah, of it's not. And, and Michael's, yeah, most Michael's of it's usually just... the instigator in those those things. But yeah, most of it's just my guesswork. I know you sent us one email a while back about uh, I said something about Rebel Media. And you sent an email back, and I was like, "Is this? Is he saying that I'm wrong, or is he saying that I'm right?" And then I kind of got, "Oh, he's saying I'm wrong." And so it was intentionally vague. It was intentionally yeah, vague. Yeah, the thing about <laughs> the thing about rebel, the thing about I guess the thing yeah. about anything that you see on the web or the YouTube or you, the YouTubes, anything. <laughs> the thing about any of this stuff is it's a mixed bag, man. You know, it's like I watch. Uh, I love Cracked, mm-hmm. you know? I absolutely love Cracked. It's hilarious, and that you can learn a lot from watching Cracked stuff about they have Helmet History, and their podcast is really good, and you can hear obscure music on their podcast before it starts, and there's all kinds of cool things to get from Cracked. They have this one guy, um, uh, he does this thing called, uh, maybe it's called World News or something like that, and... It's a new thing they started doing since Trump came into office. And look, I'm no fan of Trump's. You know what I mean? Not at all. But I think I've kind of noticed that one thing that news does is it's either one way or another. You know? And they're both ways are so biased that you if you in the if you are on one side, you'll never gain any knowledge from this side because it's so biased that you're offended by it. 
And this guy has a lot of really cool stuff to say, and it's really interesting, but it's so biased that even me, who is kind of an in-the-middle person, I'm like, dude, no one who's no 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 one who's on the right, even a little bit on the right, is going to be able to listen to you because you're so fucking biased. You know, you you you're so you're so left wing. It's ridiculous, and, and that's kind of the sad thing, right? Like you can't. So it's hard. And I always have to remember. And I think when you do this, do a show like this, I think all of us have to always remember. A hey, you know, you're a big mess of noodles filled with bias yeah is it what's in your head you know what i mean so uh you know it's 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 kind of hard to fig- figure out what's what i used um, to watch ripple media and i i um it took me a while to figure it out but yeah they are they're way too biased um in their direction um it took me a while to figure that out because you know a lot of it's kind of uh i don't know more middle of the road but then you start seeing it's like okay now that when they start covering things like that uh, you know the Dodge Charger that ran into the crowd and they send out some woman to do the thing and it, it's just totally skewed you know so you can't watch that stuff so I, I don't watch that anymore the other the other Patreon uh, channel that I do give to though is Sargon of Akkad and I like him a lot I mean, he fits so me. I like yeah. him I like him and. The th- the thing is, when I listen to him, what he's saying, I'm like, Ugh. you know, like so some so he's like a guilty pleasure. He's like he's like you know, like the the cinnamon toast crunch Sunday from from seven from uh, Burger King, you know, because there was he did one episode about, uh, and I haven't heard his podcast. I've looked his YouTube channel, but he did one episode about this chick. I think she was MTV or something, and she did she does this stuff kind of like about. Um, it's kind of like about, uh, Black Lives Matter slash something else or women or feminism or something like that. It was something along those lines, but the stuff she was saying, if you put any thought into it, you'd be like, this is like kind of ridiculous, you know, like it didn't make any sense. And he was picking it apart, you know? And I was like, man, I like this guy because I listened to him and I was like, fuck, you know, he's, he's paying attention. And, you know, I guess if you are also paying attention, you're like, it's nice to know there's someone else thinking about this stuff. And so I like the stuff he has to say um, also. And he's like a great example of someone who is like, there's a few people out there on both sides who are like, okay, here's facts. Um, Do with them as you wish, but here are the facts. You know, and he's one of those guys. So I I enjoy him too. And one one of the things about him that is difficult is that he loves... Um, to push the boundaries he loves to tick off the other side he loves to troll and that's that's unfortunately that's you know causing a lot of conflict i think so right now the latest one that he's uh, cheering for of course he he did the whole pepe thing he loves that kekistan he loves that those things are those things are (laughs) touchy for me i don't really want to get too close to those because yeah there is there are people that are putting that out there that are really bad people so that's fine. 4chan, you know, I don't give a shit. They're, they're having fun. I love them. I'm on their side. So this latest thing that's been in the news lately, and I didn't realize it was everywhere. I thought it was just local in Silver Spring here. But they um, they recently had a thing where they wanted everyone to go out and put signs on uh, school doors that said, uh, it's okay to be white. So, <clears throat> and it's a 4chan thing. God damn right. It's okay to be white. And (laughs) everyone lost their shit. Oh oh my God. It's, it's on the news. It's, there's, there's just, 
there's 50, you know, article, everything, everyone's writing about it. It's like, oh my God, I was so traumatized when I saw that. And it's trolling is what it is. And it's really, I don't think it's very helpful. So what Sargon said um, in a recent debate, he, he got called out for, there was a British prime, uh, a British uh, MP that uh, said uh, that was sexually assaulted when she was younger or whatever. And, you know, he's against her policies, whatever. So he sends a tweet that says, I wouldn't even rape you. <laughs> so, and he just owns it. He's like, yeah, I said it. And he's intentionally trying to upset the other side and it's working. He's trying to prove a point. It's a valid point. He's like, no, no, I didn't say anything wrong. I wouldn't even rape you. That's not bad. That's good. But it's just, it's engineered to upset the other side. Just like yeah, it this is. It is. thing, it's okay to be white, posted up on all these schools all over the country over the last week. It's just engineered to piss people off. And it works, you know. Yeah. So I don't like it when they do that so much. But um, otherwise, Sargon Cod, his points are, you know, he, he he's very much in tune with, with my ideology, which is very libertarian, very do whatever the hell you want to do. I don't care. But, you know, you know, libertarian like uh, Pendulette says is, you know, government is like holding a gun to someone's head to get things done. Would you hold your gun to someone's head, you know, to defend the country? Uh, maybe. Would you hold a gun against someone's head to build a library? And no, I'd beg for it. Um, I'd, I'd lobby to get it done. I'd, I'd build funds together and get it done. But I would not force someone to pay for that. So I'm very much on that end of it. Um, I don't care what you put your dick in. I don't care what color you are. I don't care, you know, live and let live, have drugs, be whatever. So I don't know if you can call that conservative, but, um, no, it's, it's libertarian. libertarian. Do what you want. Don't hurt anybody right. else. So that's, that's where you I know. see him. He's, he's very much there. He just loves arguing and, and provoking. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just proves his points, um, in a way that's kind of entertaining to watch, but sometimes he goes too far. Yeah, I think that's a nature of like any of these people who are uh anyone who's trying to get a point across these days is like they have to trigger mm -hmm. you. <laughs> you know? Um have you ever watched uh it's Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Yeah. So I hate Ben yeah. Shapiro, but I love him. Yeah, I have a love hate relationship with him because obviously he's like this conservative guy and I don't some conservative values I'm just like, no. But then at the same time, he's another one of those guys who's like, here are facts, yep. you know, and he, he's not as he's not like Sargon, but he does do things sometimes that I'm like, OK, were well, you trying to like piss people off? You know what I mean? But he does it in this like underhanded brainy mm -hmm. way that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's great fun for me to watch. He's just he's a little too conservative. He's he throws the morality into it. And I, I, I can't get behind. Yeah. That. So. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. So. Yeah. Uh, good yeah, times. yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, I was Republican for a long time, but it's really hard for an atheist to be a Republican long term. It just doesn't work out. So. <laughs> you know, I don't. Here's the thing, right? I don't know how we got to a place in this world where atheism, um, to be a Republican meant you can't be atheist. Mm -hmm. You know, but well, now you have, to be, you have to be a good Christian, right? Isn't right. that what it is? But now? how did these things get um inextricably tied together? Like, how did that happen where, where Christian, like being a good Christian and being a, a conservative Republican get tied together? Like, how did these things, like, how does that even forget fit into a conservative lifestyle? You know, I mean, I get it, but 
you can be conservative and not be Christian. Yeah, it's just our tendency to put politics on a left-right spectrum, and and you got to pick a team. And that happened to be the majority. It's the, the religious evangelicals. You want to be on the right, you got to be part of that. So they're the majority of that. So I I have a hard time intermingling with those people. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Me too. But, uh, I mean, other than that, what are they but libertarians? If you take out all their morality and they're you know trying to force stuff down yeah. people's throats, they're just libertarians. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're capitalists. It's fine. Yeah. We did briefly touch on that um, a while ago, and I don't remember which president started um, doing that, but I'll say it was a dozen or 15 presidents ago um, associated his party with Christianity, and there, has, there hasn't been a non-Christian president since then. Yeah, you're right. You're right, actually, yeah. It was, uh, oh, fuck, I remember seeing something. I saw something about that on Cracked. Yeah, they taught me about that because they're obsessed with president. One of the guys there's obsessed isn't, with president. Isn't Nixon? Uh, I don't think it was Nixon's before him. Well, no, wasn't he a Quaker or something? Oh yeah, yeah, he was. I I'm he sure was he didn't run on that platform though. Yeah, the Quaker platform. My love of oats <laughs> is going to take me all the way. <laughs> oats for every man, woman, and child in America. That's right. <laughs> riddled with phlebitis. Riddled with phlebitis. <laughs> A good Republican body. I mean, I don't know. I got to say, I, I think um, I don't like I didn't vote for Trump. Um, I would have voted Republican in most cycles. So I didn't vote for Trump. So um ended up voting for Johnson. Right. But uh, <laughs> I, I knew that was a waste of time, but I did it anyway. Um, good job. But what man. disturbs me most about Trump is not Trump. It's it's Pence. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Oh yeah, the Trump needs Pence because he's got to have that evangelical part to it, and uh, he bothers me. So it's a good thing that he's silent; otherwise, people would be screaming about him. But um, Trump, you know, he's he's crazy. Um, so I don't think he's really good for the position. But um, whatever. I'm just glad Pence is not in charge. I'm glad Mitt Romney's not in charge. I, I just I can't deal with this, you know, pushing morality like that. So Pence, so to me, Trump is like your hilarious drunk uncle who has like a gun and you're like, oh man, this guy's funny and I love to see him act a fool, but he's got a gun and it's loaded and he's got his hand on the trigger. You know what I mean? So he's funny and scary, but you're like, for the most part, you could deal with him. Like, you know, Uncle Tony is not going to shoot anybody at Thanksgiving this week. We, you know, fingers crossed, we're pretty sure 98% sure it's not going to happen, but Pence the scary thing about Trump, the, the scary thing about his presidency is if he gets impeached or he says, fuck it, I'm tired of doing this or something, and Pence becomes president, then we have this guy we never would have voted for. No one would have voted for him. Well, not nobody, but he wouldn't have won. And now he's president of the United States, and he's fucking like a nutso crazy guy when it comes to this religious shit. Like the stuff he did in Indiana before any of this happened is like scary, you know, religious mm-hmm. And it's like just not representative of the country, and it's it's not a good scene overall. I think it's I don't know. Like I wish you could vote on. I wish they did it the way they did it like a million years ago, which is like, oh, the person who lost is your vice president. You know, I think that would provide balance. Honestly, can you imagine Trump with freaking um, uh, Hillary as his vice president? They'd be crazy, you know. And it maybe provide some weird balance, sense of balance, but. 
There that is would a, be amazing. I, I, yeah, I don't remember amazing. what it's called, but there's an alternate uh, voting system where it's like you rank your vote. So you say, I want to vote for Hillary, but if she's not going to win, then switch my vote to Johnson. Hmm. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. Don't worry. But we'll never do it here. I agree. It won't no ever happen. To remember the name. It makes too much sense. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've slowly, in my old age, I've become so jaded that I've kind of realized that even though something's better, doesn't mean it'll ever happen. In that book we read, What's a Call It says, he says, he says, if you want to ship a package, the best way to ship a package is in a perfect sphere because perfect spheres optimize space in the best way. It would, <laughs> yeah. We'd save millions of billions of dollars a year if we shipped, if we, if all packages were perfect spheres. Spheres. He's like, but practicality dictates that nobody wants to chase a a sphere spheroid of Oreos down down a grocery store hallway or whatever. And and he's right, but it's better. And there's a ton of things that are just better. Betamax was better than VHS, but we're all we, we all watch VHS for years, you know. Um, that's an old wound, James. Hey, I'm sensitive about it, my man. I remember going to Ariel's and seeing the Betamax session and saying, "One day, my man, one day," you know. So, <laughs> I trust me. I know. I know the. Uh, it's I like know my it, love man. of laser discs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just <Yeah>. misguided. <laughs> It's a superior technology, right? <laughs> Giant ass discs. I remember. I, what did we watch at your house on Laserdisc, Michael? I'm gonna know, bet maybe it's a Star Fifth Trek Element. movie or something. Oh, it's Fifth Element. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh, 19 have, copies of Fifth Element. I don't. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a copy of that on Laserdisc. What was it we watched? What, what did we watch? Terminator. <laughs> no, but I do have. I do have Full Metal Jacket. Oh, it's Full Metal Apocalypse Jacket. Maybe. Now I have uh, Star Trek one through eight. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get your laser. You threw so that, your laser player away, didn't you? Well, it was it was broken anyway. So. Oh, Should have gotten it fixed, my man. Could have been got it fixed. So I'll send it to the laser disc repair shop. What are you talking about? No, I'm sure there's some weird guy on Reddit or on Etsy who's like who has a laser disc thing and he does. Neither laser of those things are places where people provide repair services. <laughs> well, I guarantee there's some weirdo doing something. You could have said Craigslist so easily, but no, Craigslist too. Obscure. He said he said Reddit or Etsy. <laughs> Well, because Etsy's a place where weirdos do things for money. Etsy's a place to sell your wares. Your weird wares. That may be so. Not necessarily, yeah. but... I found a fidget spinner butt plug on Etsy. Go fuck yourself, okay? <laughs> a fidget spinner uh, butt plug. With that, I could. With <laughs> that, I could. Yes. <laughs> it's the perfect Christmas gift, James. Please Jesus acquire Christ. it. Jesus Christ. Please acquire it. But yeah, so anyway, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff in this world that... You know, we're not. There you go. I got yeah. one too, and I got that's one your, too. That's your, I love it. That's your artisanal fidget spinner, Ed. Artisanal? Uh, he has yeah. a corporate one. That's the one for corporate for corporate people. Yes, yeah, it's, it's you know the, the the really cool one for executives. <laughs> yeah, that was like machined in England yeah. or something. So yeah, you guys are always bashing finished fidget spinners. So everyone's like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's made from the gold teeth of children of the French yes, Revolution. Yes. No, it's um, actually what it goes back to is I was fascinated by these things because uh, I had an insurance agent in the 90s and he had a torpedo gyroscope on his desk and you could just reach up and it's a big heavy piece of metal and you could just give it a little spin and it's just frictionless and silent. It was beautiful. I've always wanted something like that. So when I found that people were getting into these things, I tried to find one that was similar, um, really heavy, really smooth, precise. Um, 
And then it turned out that everybody wanted these stupid things and uh, selling them for five bucks, these cheap plastic things. And it's like, oh, now I'm an idiot. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I like uh, precision gyroscopes and, uh, you know, bearings and things like that. So that's that's why I got into it. But um, there's something something crazily satisfying about a fidget spinner. And I hate that. I totally hate that about it because my coworkers got one and I ended up getting one. We went to five below and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a fidget spinner kind of just as a troll. And I bought two, two of them, one for myself, one for another coworker. And then we all became like the fidget spinner mm-hmm. boys. And we were like, we'd be in like, in like the daily standup and the boss is talking we're like standing there like this, we're going <laughs> like doing this whole thing, you know. And the boss is like, "What the hell," you know. Um, but there's something so satisfying about it, and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why spinning this thing in my hand. But sometimes I'm puzzling out a problem, and I'm spinning the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got it in my hand. It's at my desk. I, I, I I'm not gonna say I love it, but I think it's cool. You know, it's a nice. I guess it's a nice distraction thing, even though you do absolutely. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I actually need. So, I, I mean, I, I actually it. need those things. I have. Uh, when in the eighties, I worked in a photo lab, and I used to uh, carry a Fuji film can in my pocket and just sit there and flip the top on off on off on off on off. It's just it's just a nervous twitch. And then uh, then I got this thing. It was like a. I can't remember what it was called. I got a bunch of them actually floating in my room. They're like little pieces of plastic that hinge together and then they fold in opposite directions and you can like, they click as you uh, bend them. And I keep one of those in my pocket and just, just years until it wears out. It no longer clicks. It's all discolored from my, from my oils and everything. I throw it away and get another piece and, and just, you know, something to work with my hand with. And um, two years, I'm sitting there with a single paper clip at my desk trying to make it perfectly straight and, so it's you know every time i'm on the phone i'm like is that straight and i'm like rolling it and adjusting it so i need something like that so it is useful um that's why they call it that's why i say it's for autism uh it's all these kids i feel like of all the habits you could have that's a good one though it's like it's like heroin addiction or straightening a paper clip you know i i go for the paper clip straightening eight times so you know i got He's like, all right, it's perfectly straight now. I can open up that vein for that heroin. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got nervous issues, and I like fidget spinners, but, uh, you know, hey. Have you tried the cube? The cube? Oh, that Yeah, the thing. fidget cube. That's got all the clicky buttons and switches and knobs on it. That would so. be appropriate, but that was just bypassed by the, the spinner. And I've tried a few of the cheaper spinners, and they're no good. The, 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 the one I got was, you know... Is manly. It's manly. Quality. It's quality. So I like it. The, the bearings pop out of the. I the changed cheap ones. I, mine is a cheap one. See, I, I upgraded the bearings. Place. I had a, it came with a steel ceramic hybrid bearings, and I uh, upgraded the bearing and got a hundred percent ceramic bearing. So um, much smoother, much quieter. I don't know why you didn't stick it in there. The damn thing's like three hundred bucks anyway. Why you didn't stick one of those in there to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there you go. <laughs> now, um, how much is you... the bearings? Sorry. The bearing? It's like 15 yeah, bucks. Much you know? Okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, the steel one was a little noisier. It didn't spin as long. Um, so I just like the I like brass, you know, like the Leica. I like Leicas because they're, they're brass and glass. That There's no electronics in them in the, in the lenses. So brass and glass. <laughs> So, if you know Excellent. where there's a torpedo gyroscope anywhere, uh, let me know. I'll buy it. 
<laughs> I'll keep an eye out. That's the first time I've ever heard yeah, of it. Yeah. There's there's guys who uh, they use uh, ceramic rocket motor ball bearings uh, for airsoft Ouch. pellets because they're perfect. Yeah, they would be. You know, they're absolutely perfect. But you have to retrieve them. Every time. <laughs> they use they use them they they use them to eliminate the the BB as the equation if you wanted to make the gun shoot the best possible way it could. So you eliminate that and you shoot the you shoot those and then that way you can get the perfect the best out of the gun and eliminate the bulb the BB as the as the problem. Is it is it rifled? Uh no, 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 no. It's a that's what that's why you need to <laughs> that's why you need to use the perfect BB perfect ammunition because it's not rifled. It's basically a smoothbore barrel. It's like a musket, basically. You're shooting. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know the sailing races. I always look at those things like sailing race. They're trying to go really fast. They're trying to make that sailboat go as fast as possible. Just go out and buy a cheap ski boat, and you'll beat all of them. I mean, (laughs) 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 yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been it's been an amazing year. I think. I told Michael the other day, I think you guys should uh, take it to the next level. I think you guys should, should escalate uh, rather than decline and fade into history. Okay. Well, we're, working on it. Is that escalate? Got some that, ideas. Does that mean begin Escalation murdering? of violence. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what I heard. Yeah. I, I, listen, I listen to a few podcasts here and there. I've at least recently started 10 Pence Arcade where they talk for four hours every week just about coin-op video games. And they fill oh the time. God. They really, really do. But, you know, all these shows, I've seen some of these shows where it's their career. It's, you know, it's a company at this point. Um, it's really well produced. Yeah, you know, the conversation is no better than what you guys do. So you know, I don't see why you guys can't, you know, if you really want to do it. I mean, you've, got, you've put so much effort and time and commitment into this thing and you've, and you've done so much work on it. You've already gone to a place where, you know, I think you're viable as, you know, as a side job kind of thing. Then... You know why not? I think I think you guys should do it. I appreciate I your confidence. I agree, Evan. As usual, yeah, yeah. get on all the technical details yes. and work. Yes, James, <laughs> Michael, we, and I will look from the we side. We have done a lot of work yeah, on this. I know. We have done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have. Think about. It. Think no about problem. if somebody told me. Hey, I had to figure out the ice. Somebody thing. told me we have shown up on Sunday. That's yeah. what we have done. Evan has done everything. That's a big else. deal. Somebody said, "Hey, I need uh, half of your Sundays from now on." I mean, you guys followed through with it. I mean, that's that's amazing for for no reason. You know, it's a show about nothing, right? So it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm really impressed. Thank you. We have we been uh, talking about what to do next, so I'm sure we'll have fun and exciting things coming in the near future. Yep, yep. All right, Evan. Hmm. We are we're running on we're running on a uh, limited like, show notes here. <laughs> what what's happening? What's I, next? I don't particularly have anything else to talk about, but I would like to point out how happy I am that this is one of the very few episodes where James has been kind enough to not rush us along, and I think you have enjoyed yourself, James. Am I correct? Oh yeah, well you know, so here's the thing, right? I like talking to Ed. Every I have not, I've only seen Ed in person maybe two or three times, but every time that you know he's he's a smart guy, I like talking to him, and uh, it's it's interesting to hear another point of view. But 
also, if you, you know, for people who don't listen to this show or this is the first time they listen to this show, you know, I don't know if Ed, I don't know if you go through the show notes, but if you look through the show notes, every time I see the show notes, I'm just like always like, oh, because I know like Michael will put like, like up until like five minutes before the show comes on, there'll be nothing in the show notes except for what Evan puts in there. I will drop like three or four things in there, but I try to limit myself because I know the show will roll on and on and on because I know I can talk and then Michael and Evan will drone on about some technical, <laughs> you know, obscure thing. And I will be like, get triggered about some random thing that gets mentioned. I'll be like, bah, 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 you know, and I'll go on for like 10 minutes yelling about something. So I end up, what happens is I end up when I see something happen, I'm like, okay, let's, so what's next? Uh, let's move on. Let's get it going. You know, because I always think that people don't want to listen to a three hour show, but maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. You know, maybe people do. I, I so I, and this is biased, right? I'm looking at it from my point of view. I listen to a podcast. I would listen to a three hour podcast, but I know I'm really weird. Like I listen to right now, I'm listening to two audiobooks, you know, and, and I'm the one I have in my queue right now is 20, 21 hours. You know, so I'm like a weird person. Like I listen, I'm always listening to something, but I don't know that someone else, as soon as we finish this show and we're off, off our call, I will turn the audiobook back on, you know? So I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe I'm just a weird guy, but Ed says he would do it. And the people listen to a coin op show about coin op, the arcade games for four hours, you know, and, you know, there's all kinds of things people are out there into. So yeah. we just got to well, find our niche, I think. And then. You know, we're kind of all over the place, but we got to find our little sweet. We've got an hour commute each way. So, um, you know, I'm done with the show pretty early on. The only reason I listen to other podcasts is because, you know, I'm waiting for you guys to put out another one. So that's why I started listening to other podcasts. <laughs> it's like, what else is on now? And I start flipping through the thing. And No, yeah. that's, I totally yeah. understand that. So in that well, situation, you know, four hours is not too long. So, yeah. Well, if you guys want to hear more three hour podcasts, uh, and engage with us, please email feedback at iopanelpodcast.com and leave some iTunes reviews. And also, I think someone owns a domain name that uh, was going to be used for posting health articles and weight loss articles. I don't know if a separate podcast was going to be involved in that. Uh, Mike, do you know what I'm talking about? No clue. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I do. <sighs> I was it, about it, to say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> is it, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're ambivalent? Is that it? Is that the. No, that's uh, another thing on the IO Panel Podcast Network up and coming yeah. uh, cultural uh, feature <laughs> of the week. N- never going to happen. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, you know what's funny? You know, right? James I, is a podcast veteran, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. We've talked about that many times. Um, but, uh, and I'll repeat this. I realize when I listen to the show back, I say, you know, what's funny. I always start with that. You know, what's funny. So, um, you know, what's funny uh, <laughs> is the three hour podcast is like, is taquito as saying, Oh, uh, I ate a stick of butter with salt on it, you know? And to a keto person who's used to keto and understands being fat adapted and stuff, they're like, okay. I get that, you know, but to someone who's not, they'd be like, that's repulsive and you're a crazy person. You're going to die of a heart heart attack, you know, and maybe the three hour podcast is the same way as a sense of like, no one would listen to a three hour podcast. My podcast has to be 45 minutes tops and that's it. Three hours is too long. How do you have that much time? You know, so maybe that's the case. Maybe we just need to reprogram ourselves to be like, okay, I can enjoy something long. I don't have to listen to it in one sitting. I can just turn it on when I'm ready and go back to it, you know, and work, work through the podcast throughout the 
two or three days it takes me to listen to it. Yeah. Or so. if you're one of those people who regularly listens to three-hour podcasts, you're like, oh, it's no yeah. problem. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just used to listening to you guys. So when I listen to Keto Vandalist or Two Keto Dudes and it's only an hour, I'm like, that's too short. And the Two Keto Dudes is worse than Keto Vandalist because they always like spend the first 10 minutes talking about you know letters and corrections and shit. And then they, they go through like they're interviewing Gary Taubes or something that's really important that I really want to hear. And then they cut off the last 15 minutes to talk about recipes. It's like, ah. It's too short. So I go through those things in, in, you know, half a commute. And uh, it's like, meh, I need more. You got to be like, us. fuck corrections. I only get corrected when Michael catches me slipping. And that happens (laughs) in the same show. Otherwise, (laughs) the lies just get spread. (laughs) The lies and assumptions and BS, nobody corrects it. Part of it, I think about it a lot. Maybe, Maybe what it is is I've been listening to it for so long that, you know, I've grown attached to the characters of the show, you know. So it's it's like you get through the first season of any show, it's like, nah, it's okay. The second season, you get start getting attached to it, and then by the time the series is over, it's like, oh, I'm gonna miss that show so much. It's just you know you're attached to the characters. That's all it is. So that might be what it is too. So if somebody new comes in, they'd be like, meh, you know. But you know, force yourself through you know a couple seasons, and you you'll be good. <laughs> Guys, give it 18 months. If you still don't like it, we appreciate your time. That's right. Give it 18 months. Buy everything through the Amazon uh, affiliate list. You know, sign up for uh, you know all the things. Yeah, sign up for Audible, even yeah. though they're not a sponsor anymore. But go ahead and do it anyway, because um, we like Audible. Mm-hmm. Audible, please love us. No. Yeah, oh. we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, a lot of your show is dedicated to, you know, books and audiobooks and whatnot. And uh, no, I'm not. Uh, no, I can't do books on tape. And I usually only read nonfiction. So, um, meh, I just power through it. <laughs> yeah, we're like all we're like yeah, all our fiction. book reviews are like uh, shoddy yeah. at best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, Ed and I were just discussing that the other day. It's like, you guys, like, read a lot of books and then don't read them. You know, yeah. like, yeah, you're going to read it, and then it's like, you don't read it. I was like, yeah. Well, I think specifically know. that conversation was, I remember when you guys reviewed movies that you hadn't seen. I said, you need to get back to that. Oh, You need to go right. back to oh, that. Review right. things that you know nothing about and uh, pretend like it's legit, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, we were supposed to have a, a, a that's right. podcast for amateur explanations. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Like James, episode number one: How do chickens make eggs, bro? You got to get them like on day number one, or the rooster gets there like three, four days later, and then you got baby chicks. That's right. That's like right. that's definitely not how it works. That's There's right. this little gel pack the dude puts on the, the female chicken, and then that's how you get babies. You're like, what? <laughs> So maybe we should do that. We'll do it yeah. that way. We'll have we'll have a an, a totally amateur explanation, and then we'll have one person will job will be to actually explain it, and we'll blow that person's mind on the show. <laughs> I was like, "What? What's that? What's that uh, thing? It's like it's like like showing black guys magic. Like black guys like, oh my god." Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's so true. It's, it's so true. I mean, I'm the same way. When I see magic, I'm like, oh shit, look at that. Yeah, yeah see, I had no idea that was like a thing. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Black guys are amazed by magic. We love magic. So, just shot another, another thing that I, I told Michael. Uh, now I know how to pick up a black dude. Yeah. Just, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Jesus, Michael. Ah. Go ahead. One of the things I told Michael, I don't know if he passed it on to you guys or not. And I know that Evan, you're you're a fan of the new uh, intro music. 
Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't. I thought it sounded like a 70s porno or something. <laughs> and uh, I That's missed fair. the original because probably because, you know, I've been through a few seasons with it and uh, I, don't, I don't like change. <laughs> I I thought the, the original was a bit cheesy and it just so happens I was, you know, our one year anniversary, I was looking right. for something new, found that one. It's still kind of morning radio ish, but you know, I, I like smooth jazz, AKA seventies porno mm-hmm. music. I thought it, it, I personally thought it brought up the quality slightly. And if I go back and listen to the original, I still like the change. Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten used I think, to it at this point, but uh, I didn't like the change when it happened. Now, to be fair, I did ask for opinions on intro music, and there were no objections because I'm sure no one listened to any of my suggestions, so I just did it. <laughs> so I think here's the thing, right? For anyone who listens to this show, uh, Evan does all the technical work on the show. So I personally was like, you know, Evan listens to the show and he has the most discerning ear, I think, of all of us. So, you know, if he goes back and says, oh, this doesn't sound as good, it's probably because the show wasn't as good. Like, the show's gotten way better. We switched our way we did it. And, like, the way we recorded the show before was just, like, completely janky. And there was all this, like, intermediary websites and things. Zencaster. Zencaster, yeah. And uh, they've actually done a bunch of crazy, hinky shit over there, too. We need to go back and look at them. Not to use them, but just to laugh at them. But, uh, yeah, so... The way we do the show now is a lot better, and it sounds a lot better, and there's a lot more. Like, Evan's been more demanding about, use your microphone a certain kind of way, and where's your fucking spit guard or whatever? Like, what is happening in your house, you know? And he sends people microphones and stuff. So the quality's gone up, and I think that's probably why, if you go back and listen to it, you know, it doesn't sound as good. I like the old intro music, too. I still don't like the new intro music, but as Evan said, he's correct. He did ask us, and nobody said anything, because I think basically it's like, oh, yeah, we have a podcast. Well, I'll prepare for it five minutes before the show starts. <laughs> now, I know yeah. Michael's told me he doesn't listen to many of the shows. He maybe went back a couple of times and listened to it. Do you guys go back and listen to them again, or do you avoid that usually? I don't listen to entire shows regularly. Um, I do listen to portions while I'm editing and putting it together. Um, I listen to oh good, no that's about it. I, I listen to the beginning of every show because they're always hilarious and Evan always gives me a rare treat with them. Because um, <laughs> we don't that beginning portion that's like funny, we don't know what he's gonna pick. He's he he's basically the whole time we're on in our in our thing he's recording and picking out the tidbits and selecting things and he just randomly picks something. So normally it's very funny. So I'll go back and listen to that. And a lot of times when I've gone back to listen to that, I'll just leave it playing and I end up listening to half or all of the show, you know what I mean? And then laughing again. I hate listening to shows again, though. Like I, like, you, like Evan said, I've done tons of pod. This is the third podcast I've done. And I hate going back and listening to the show just because I hate hearing my own voice. And, you know, at the, but at the same time, you go back and listen to an old show and you're like, people will tell me like uh, one of the guys who listen, our friend of ours who listens to the show he comes. He will say something to me in the middle of the week because he's just listened to the show, and he'll say something to me like, like the end part of something. Like he'll say, "Oh, and this blah blah blah," and I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And I'll have to say, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh, well, you said blah on the show," and I'm like, "What episode? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh, this episode, you said blah blah blah, and this was the reference, and this is the context." And I was like, "Oh, I vaguely remember what you're talking about." You know what I mean? 
So then I have to go back and listen to it, you know, because that that seems to happen a lot where I'll just forget, like after we record the show. So, yeah, um, it's also good to listen periodically to sort of see if you can pick out anything about your presentation or ticks you have that you want to not have in the future. Yeah, or that's how I learned that say. <laughs> that's how I learned I say that. I say, you know what's funny? Because I listen to the I listen to the show and I realize I say that a lot. I say there's a bunch of things I say a lot. You know that yeah, I've noticed. I say um a lot. That's because you have bad manners. I try and you to. You are poor stock. <laughs> yeah, I try to avoid it now, but I don't always do a great job. Yeah. So. Uh, but I love recording this show. It's fun, and I don't want to stop. And I'm glad you like the show, Ed. I'm glad we can take you home and get you back to work. And I'm that's what that's what it's all about, man. It's people listen to the show and have fun. And I'm glad you came on with us and shot the shit and you know i love that evan and michael are my two best friends and they can do that they wanted to do this and we're having a great time doing it i think i think we're really enjoying ourselves you know so awesome well said i agree with all that here here Evan's hey. gonna be in town and soon what in December we're gonna we're gonna do another another live did you listen to the live show Ed uh the one in Not North live, Carolina but when we North were all Carolina? together yeah. no no <laughs> no that was a different one yeah the one when we were all together was me Evan me Evan and, and uh, Michael were, were all together recording we're, apparently I have deep bones yeah yeah that's right that was the episode <laughs> yeah. yeah so what did you think of that show did anything spe- anything different come come to you about that I show I don't remember much about it, it was shorter right yeah, it was yeah. shorter. It was really um, short. I don't remember much about it. I mean, I, I it's just conversation to me. I can't I can't go back more than a show yeah. or two on most. Yeah, days, no, no, but. of course. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that show was more was better, but it was short. I think we'll, we're going to do that again. So maybe we'll be able to make it a a little bit longer this time because it was it was like a forty five minute or thirty minute show. It was really it was short, about an hour. Yeah, we were like um, rushing out the door at that time, but yeah. But yeah, we'll do that again—a live podcast, and uh, maybe even finally fulfill James's lifelong wish of a, an all-drunk podcast. We, we'll oh, see. Boy. It won't be much of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna go silent at one point, and then that'll be it. <laughs> the show will be over. <laughs> It'll be like fifteen like minutes our, of silence at the end, and then our first oh, shit, seven turn hour, it off. <laughs> it our seven-hour episode. We yeah. all just passed out. Yeah. Basically. You guys should set up a table in the mall and do like man on the street, right? Yeah. We wanna we wanna do that <laughs> next time we go to one of these hacker things. Um We have to pick a better hacker thing to go to. Yeah, we're not gonna do that again. No more hope. I'm done hoping for hope to be better. DEF CON or something yeah, it's, like that. It's steadily gotten like yeah. to where it was when we went and where it was like, you know, all this Ed's favorite thing, SJW and yeah, it's you know, pretty, yeah, all that's this what it's gender crazy bullshit and whatever the hell's going on. Would so. you say it's gotten pretty colorful? Oh my! Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, a lot of blacks. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn those blacks! Mm-hmm. Make um, America white again! Woo! That's no. right. Um. No, it's become very like it's it's like this fruit and granola hip. It's weird, and it's it's the same thing I asked before when I said, "Oh, there's." How did Christianity become part of the what it means to be a Republican? And it's the same thing now. It's like how did becoming like an SJW weirdo become what it meant to be a hacker? Yeah. And that's what that's what that's what's going on at that, at that at least at that event. I don't know how DEFCON is, but
but that event is like all the people there, not all of them, but a fair amount of them are like these filthy, crunchy, like I don't take showers, I have rolled up dreadlocks, hippies, and I'm like, it's just, uh. and then there's like the whole like, oh, I'm queer, non-binary, cis, cisgendered, blah, blah, I'm like, come on, dude. I mean, the, the same thing's happened in a lot of areas, so I noticed like four or five years ago it happened to atheism, there's all these atheism clubs and everything, which I thought was a little much, but those things all got split up and divided up based on these SJWs that kind of, you know, invaded it. They created a thing called Atheism Plus, and they start calling out yeah. people, men that are sexually harassing people and blah, blah, blah. So that happened there. And, um, you know, Gamergate, of course, is the same thing happening. It's SJWs infiltrating, you know, the gamer community, you know, and it's, it's like whatever. Yeah. So I watched a breakdown of Gamergate because I was, like, totally not on my radar at all. And... It, you know, it was like in the peripheral. Obviously, it was huge, but it was in the peripheral of what I was thinking about. And once I saw the breakdown of it, like I was like, okay, so it's really just stupid. And a bunch of people got triggered over nothing because they had the power to get triggered. And ninety percent of gamers were like, "What's happening?" and had no idea what was going on. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just ridiculous. I'm one of the latter. Yeah, I, I am too. I didn't know what yeah, was happening. Yeah, me too. I still don't know anything about it. So. I had no idea. You're not missing anything. I'm not even going to explain it. It's just, it's it's just petty, you know, yeah. battles between the SJWs and, and the, the bros and the 4chan guys. And that's all it is. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and well, I am pro 4chan. Here's the I thing, right? Say, I am, I am pro, pro bro. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Those, those groups, those people are always going to exist. Yeah. Like, you could spend your whole life fighting some group you're against they're always going to exist unless they're trying to kill you. Fuck them. Who cares? You know, but these guys, they're going to so worked up over every little piece of the puzzle. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense, man. You know, you want to be special. You want to be a snowflake. Just fucking go do you, dude. Don't, you don't have to pronounce to everybody that you're some special imagine, you know, a special magic being, you know, you're a fucking unicorn. Go fuck yourself, you know? My life's hard enough. I don't need you fucking telling me about your cisgendered bullshit. You know that you, know, you know the term fine. snowflake comes out of the Nazi concentration camps. When you burn a Jew, they turn into ashes, which are like snowflakes. Oh. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Ed, for robbing me of one of my favorite things. Hashtag you Hitler fuck. did nothing wrong. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hitler was I'm not. I'm not sure about that little argument. I'm not sure about that argument. I don't know if that came up, um, you know, just as a response to people calling people special snowflakes. But um, I don't know what came first. It just cracks me up, though, that people will, you know, claim victimhood over the term snowflake and then put something really heavy on it like that. It's interesting. No, you know, that's how it is, right? People want to. They want to become like this. They want to make sure that if you're making a point. They want to make sure that they can turn your logical point into like some kind of like, here's how you brutalize my people even more, you know? And I'm just like, it's just ridiculous, man. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's funny, right? In my, in the airsoft community, it's full, it's, the airsoft community is full of like ultra conservative, like a lot of right wing guys, a lot of cops, a lot of military guys, and a lot of trolls and a lot of 4chan-y type guys, you know, tons and tons of trolls. But then on the periphery, there's a bunch of guys who want to be part of that world, and they're all like that other type of guy 
that all that special snowflake type of guy and they will like get in there get made fun of and then they become like the greatest enemy that the the airsoft world has never ever known you know what i mean it's like it's just kind of crazy you watch these like and these little kind of bias not bias fears but these little macro communities of how people act and it's just ugh, it's fucking you guys crazy, have been talking man. about the 23 me thing quite a bit lately and uh did you see the south park episode about that that the uh, the ho- the holiday no, special that no, we talked about uh, Columbus Day is going to be the uh, the indignant people's day. <laughs> but anyway, yes. so one of the things they had they had twenty three and me, but they had some other name for it. I don't know what it was, but it was like you know they, the the advertisements are basically find out how much of a victim you are. You know, that's <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you because know, the first the first ads for twenty three and me I saw were like these you know dramatic reveal videos on Facebook where they're like. You know, oh, I, I really don't like Greek people. I hate Greek people. And then they have this hushed moment with a crowd behind them. They say, you're 2% Greek. <gasps> I had no idea. Oh, my God. This is going to write. Every, everybody's going to love everybody now. This is going to be great. So, yeah, it, it's uh, the SJW thing. And I, your I the Greek. cousin is no. sitting right behind you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I hate that stuff. And I, that's why I like South Park so much is they always pick these things apart and uh, make fun of things in a, in a way that I can understand them. <laughs> it's a great show. They're ahead yeah. of their time. Yeah, some people. I have a friend of mine who's kind of upset at South Park right now because he's like they've become too, they've become too like social awareness. Like they like every they like every week is like some kind of a new thing. You know, where instead of before in the past, it was like I haven't watched Star South Park in a year, so I don't know, but. Um, I don't have cable, so, you know, and I'm too lazy to go download it, but um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You think it's, you, you feel like it's a lot or it's just enough or they're working it, they're still doing their thing? I mean, there's a new social complaint every week for them to address, so yeah. they're just doing their job. Is that what they yeah. were doing in 1998? Yeah. 1999? Yeah, they weren't so much current events in the very beginning, but, um, you know, by season two or three, they were you know, dealing with current social issues. I didn't like the serialization they did the last couple of years, but they seem to have gotten past that now. So now I feel like the nature of their show, they can do that though. Right. They can, they they make shows like they can crank their shows out compared to most cartoons where it's like, like a Simpson episode takes one year to make, you know, or something like that. Um, They can kind of crank them out. They can do, it's like a month or something. They can turn over a show. It's a week. week. Yeah. Or a week. There you go. And they yeah, do so. that. Uh, I read an explanation for that. Finally, there's a documentary, a TV show called Six Days to Air, where they talk about the whole process. And they go through the I Sent iPad um, episode, where they the process they use to create that. And it's six days, and everyone's rushed, and no one gets to sleep. And, you know, it's crazy. But the reason for that is that if they take any longer, they they will um kind of pull back the bluntness a little bit and and try to be less offensive this way they just kind of get out the door and you know i don't even think about it just say what you want to say and don't <laughs> think about it because otherwise they'll take it back you know they will say ah it's too harsh we should not say that maybe that's how they stay yeah, relevant you know you know you look at a show like they keep their edge yeah i mean but you look at a lot of shows and they just after like a couple seasons yeah. it's not the same you know like what happened you know it's not even as good anymore and maybe you grew, but the show became, I think, less, less edgy. They had they had less to they had more to lose now. You know. No, they're they're. Um, I've always loved South Park from the very beginning. I, I tried Rick and Morty. Uh, 
I bought the first season and watched that. And I was like, it's okay. It's it's okay. It's different. It's not. Yeah, Rick and Morty's not, different. Not tremendous, but you know, it was interesting. I liked it. Yeah, but um, yeah, South Park is there's something special in there for me. I just I love that show so much. Um, I, I particularly like the uh, Muhammad episode. They show Muhammad um, like in season four or whatever. The super best friends. Muhammad was one of the superheroes, right? They had all the religious leaders as superheroes. It's great. Nobody said a thing. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's cool. A couple of years later, they can't show Muhammad, or Comedy Central is going to pull the show. So. It's like, wow. So they could really push that one. And they did. They, they did four or five episodes about, you know, forbidding Muhammad. You know, <laughs> they did uh, one episode had Family Guy. You know, it was a two-parter. And they, they talked about Family Guy. And it was it was really good. So uh, in the in the episode, uh, Family Guy was going to show Muhammad. So everyone went ape shit. So they went to go stop them. Um, and uh, the little town developed a strategy of burying their heads in the sand. You know, it was, it was really good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. That's right. One, that was the only episode that ever got pulled off iTunes was uh, one of those, you know, showing Muhammad episodes. They pulled it and it pissed me off. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, they can get away with everything on that show. They never pull them. So at this point, you just got to let them do it. <laughs> you know, there was an episode of Family Guy that uh, originally never aired. I wish upon a Jew. Yeah, it was a Wish Upon a Weinstein or something. Wish Upon a Weinstein, yeah. And this is way before any Harvey Weinstein nonsense, you know. I mean, it wasn't, about, it wasn't about him. It was about math or something, about accounting. He's like, Jews are was, good accountants. And he's like, yeah, I, I mean, it was a whole, it was a whole a Jewish Jew. episode. Yeah, it was a whole <laughs> Jew, Jew-centric episode. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they finally aired it, you know, like later, I think on Adult Swim or something. And it was hilarious, you know. I was like, come on, really? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, you know, like, no, come on. It's not yeah, that South bad. Park would never survive on, um, you know, broadcast television. You just couldn't do it. Mm-mm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, I, remember that show, uh, Drawn Together? Yeah. I do remember that. Oh, God, Drawn Together was like one long dick joke. And it was kind of surprising. Yeah. I, I mean, back then I was like, what can these people not get away with? You know, and I was like, well, it's on Comedy Central at like 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. or something, and they don't care. They're like, oh, this is funny. We're going to do it, you know? Yeah, I love Drawn Together. I thought that was a great show. It wasn't even that good. It's kind of a shitty show, but I loved it. Because <laughs> it was so, like, the the jokes were just fucking gnarly, man. They were just rough. Just nasty, horrible jokes, but I loved them. Yeah. I mean, you've seen what they do on Aqua Teen. Yeah, Aqua Teen is Aqua Teen is kind of like to me Rick and Morty ish in the sense that a lot of the jokes are, some of the jokes are a little like around the edges though. They're not like like, uh, uh, where South Park will just say what it's thinking. I feel like Aqua Teen isn't like that. Aqua Teen's more, more around the edges and expects you to understand like. To draw a deeper understanding. I don't know. It just seems different to me. Could it's be. not as direct. Could be. You know, as like drawn together was or which is fine. I like Aquatine. I think Aquatine's funny. It's hilarious. You know? I like um, the I like I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm a big Aquatine fan. It's also ultra violent a lot of the time. Yeah. Which which is also a it's that good shock to value. It's well it's this shock value, right? You know? But it's obviously it's on purpose, you know. But they're smart. They only do it the characters you hate. And they make all uh, yeah. the characters 
like like how often do you see horrible horrible things happen to Frylock? Rarely, very rarely, because yeah. he's he's the most he's the most amenable character in the show. I mean, this this podcast is obviously not about picking out <laughs> this kind of stuff, but yeah, he's like the best character in the show. You look at Shake, Shake gets is the most abused, right? As a close, and then Carl's a close second, you know, and then yeah, yeah, you know. So, Although I would say Shake is the best character in the show, but you know, no, he's he's definitely the best character in the show. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is Frylock is the most non-dick character. He's oh, a yeah, character definitely. because people, you know, a lot of times they, they make a character in a show that you say that you could be, you know, so you could, you know, you can kind of like connect with the show and he's so that I character. identify with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I identify with someone being victimized by an idiot, you know, and he's that character. <laughs> Very true. Very true. That's a great show, though. I love that show. Very yeah. quote worthy show. Along with, you know, another show that's uh, awesome that uh, I don't know if it's like edgy. It's kind of edgy. Um, what's that show? Fuck. Fuck. You know, we just talked about it last week. You Charlie know. Day and those guys. Oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, man, that shows the implications, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. We were playing PUBG and the, the other day, and we were in a boat, and the guys like, <laughs> the guys like, the guys like, he's like, um, man, it's the implications, you know, the implications of the whole thing. I was like, I saw what you did there. <laughs> I mean, it's a great show. That show's like, awesome. Are we raping? We're not raping anyone. He's like, but it's the implications, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yep. That and uh, well, that new show you turned me on to, James, on uh, Netflix is, is pretty good. It? Oh yeah. Boondocks. Uh, uh, Boondocks no, is, is a great show, but that's not yeah. new. Um. Fuck. I forgot what it's called, man. Big Mouth. Ah. Big mouth, yeah. Yeah, have you I seen that seen yet, it, Ed? But it's on the it's on the feature. Treat yourself, uh, man. You know, new arrivals. Yeah. Treat. Do you like Nick Kroll? I don't know. Hilarious. Um, yeah. So, have you seen the leak? Nope. Oh, my man! We got to broaden your hire. You're getting to be like Blower right now. So you got to watch the league, and you got to <laughs> see Big Mouth. So since we're talking about Nick Kroll, James and Mike are fans of the league. I never really got into it, but I did get into the Kroll show, yeah. which was Nick Kroll's sort of sketch show. Like a variety. That, yeah. yeah, a variety show. That went three seasons, and that's also worth a watch. Yeah, that's amazing. That's on Netflix, too. Or was. That's where I saw it. Um, that's a, That show is amazing. It's hilarious, man. Nick Kroll is like one of the funniest, to me, one of the most underrated but very funny guys in Hollywood right now because he's... He's still like it seems like somehow even though he's been around for a long time, his stuff is like on the edge, you know, and he still has that like new guy say whatever attitude, even though he's not a new guy. And he has this kind of cast of nutty characters who these people who follow him around. Um, what's his name? The guy who plays Ralphie, cousin Ralphie. Ralphie. I can't think of his real name. But Jason that guy, Mancus, because, you mean Jason Mancus, Yeah. Rafi, yeah, he he follows him around, and so you got to watch the league. The league is hilarious. Um, that's totally worth watching. The first, at least the first couple seasons of it is, and uh, Big Mouth is great. It's got Nick Kroll, a couple other famous people, and the guy who does the voice of uh, BoJack Horseman. Um, okay, yeah. So that that shows great. That shows awesome. Yeah, um, I I. Uh, I, I... Take note a lot when Michael hasn't seen um, things Everything. that are, you know, considered classics. But uh, you know, I'm I've, I've passed the 
the corner of middle age. So I, I've stopped watching TV. I've stopped watching new movies. I, I'm, you know, I'll go back and yeah. watch Barney Miller again, you know, <laughs> so it's difficult for me to keep up, but, um, no, I get you. But movies, I, I, I try to keep up with at least the greats, the new greats. Um, and then, you know, I've seen like close encounters of the third kind, like 27 times, but you know, a lot of the newer movies now I haven't seen them. He's the other way around. It's like, oh, I didn't see Star Wars yet. You know, <laughs> it's like I, I think I think a lot of new mm-hmm. movie, movie, newer movies are just bad though. Yeah, yeah. I don't I like agree. it. I mean, I want to see Thor. Thor Ragnarok just came out. I kind of want to see that just because I'm a Marvel fan. Come on, but yeah, I heard it was great. Michael, Michael seen none of the Marvel well, movies. I'm he doesn't know. What we, it, he so. doesn't know what we're talking about. And there, and and you know what? I hate to say it. Is it is it great? No, it's not great, but. Does it suspend your disbelief enough for you to go and have a good day, a good half an hour at the, a good a couple hours at the movies? Yes, it does. You know what? Is it worth spending twenty bucks on? Eh, I don't know, but you know, it depends on you. You know, but movie I, it's pass. worth enjoying. And Michael's movie pass so is no excuse. Like he should go see the movie just because. It seems like he just you know, like he should leave this podcast. Like he just uses it on the worst possible movies he can go see, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He said, like, "Oh, this is three hours of a guy on heroin taking a dump in an alley. Let's go watch that." <laughs> so in all like fairness, I've never seen a movie where that happened. <laughs> yet, <laughs> yet, right? But when it happens, you can be sure it's starring Willem Dafoe. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yes, absolutely, Willem absolutely. Dafoe. I could totally see him in that movie. You know, and he'd be all about it. He'd method act the shit out of that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, Boondock Saints. The coffee, cream, yeah. three sugars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge <laughs> fucking guy. Yeah. There was a firefight. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It was a great movie. Uh huh. Yeah. So well, it, I, t- I told that awful joke the other day. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. We know. You oh, mentioned cool. it. Oh, you mean the other joke? Okay, okay. Yeah, Michael, you got to come over more often. We got to get through some of these, uh, some of these movies. I, I realize there's a few I haven't seen as well, but I think you're in more of a critical condition Mike, than I am. So. <laughs> take um, Mike, take him a copy of the holiday special. Oh, I tried to get him to watch that, but uh, I don't think I don't think he uh, no, took, he took the bait. You know what, Ed, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Okay. Get a couple of 40s and a couple of friends, <laughs> sit down, and That's try right. to make it through the movie. A loaded gun, okay? Put it between the three of you. Whoever dies first is a loser. Whoever shoots, blows their own brains out is a loser. I tell you, that movie, that that's it's hard as fuck to watch, but I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I made it. I think I made it like 30 minutes into it, 40 minutes into it. Yeah. You know, but... I'm glad I saw it because now you have a bar of what bad is, hmm. you know, like it's, do you, okay, you're how old? Well, you're, you're, we're almost around the same age. I think we're probably the oldest two guys on this podcast right now. Um, that's, do you remember Attack of the Killer yeah. Tomatoes? Okay. So Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is like an Oscar winning <laughs> film compared to the holiday, Star Wars holiday special. Oh, I've seen, and the I've worst seen thing about Star, Star Wars, Star Wars Hol- holiday special. Okay. Oh, okay. yes. I saw okay. it on oh, TV good. when it, it okay. came out. Jeez, <laughs> okay. Oh, I think you need a refresher, yeah. my friend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so yeah. bad. It going is to, so take it bad. over yeah, along with Yeah, they're going Manos. to Chewbacca's house for Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I remember yeah. that, actually. Yeah. It's, life that. <laughs> it's life day. It's life day. 
And it's filled with it's filled with the fucking people in the thing. Like this day and age, that's yeah. unheard of. Like they could do a Ghost in the Shell holiday special and nobody, no actors from the movie would be in that fucking holiday special. It would never you'd never see that. Like they say Scarlett Johansson, okay, we have a TV special attached. She'd be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, like it would never happen. Now, but back then, you got the fucking you got Han Solo, you got Carrie Fisher, you got uh, Luke Skywalker. Like they're all in there. They're all, you know, they got Carol Burnett, I think, is in it. I think, right? Oh, dude, they had everybody that. They had a bunch of musicians. They had like Jefferson Airplane or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, it's crazy, had, man. Yep. And it's so bad. Well, well that Arthur. was, you know, that was the age oh. of the TV variety show. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. It was just, right. just dying at that point, I suppose. But it felt like it was bad for the 80s, though, or 70s, yeah. whenever that came out. I feel it's bad for then. I just didn't make any sense to Empire me. Empire on Ice. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Ed, you fit right in. <laughs> we're gonna see more of that, though. You know, Disney owns them now, so we're gonna see more of that. I'm surprised we're uh, gonna see some kind of ice show or some other bullshit now. Anyway. Yeah, the, you know, you were talking about the Marvel movies. I, I, uh, I don't like them anymore. I mean, I there's three that I really like. Those the Iron Man movies, Iron Man one and two. Third one, man, I got it in there just because I like the Iron Man movies a lot. Um, but no, I, I really, you know, Avengers, this Civil War, that, and nah, you know, I'm tired of it. Um. I didn't like the Spider-Man movies to begin with, let alone the reboots. Um, so just Iron Man, I really love those movies. And, you know, all the Batman, the new Batman movies, I really love those. But other than that, no, nah, I don't really care. It's boring. It's amazing special effects with meh story, you know. Meh. Yeah, I watched the third one for Ben Kingsley. That's the only reason I want to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. And I was pleased when he The was- Mandarin? Yeah, when he was just like some guy acting, and it was like com- <laughs> yeah. it was all like comedy. That, that I was like happy with that. I was like, this is funny. You know, the rest of the movie could have eaten a dick. The only thing I cared about at the end of the movie was seeing all the Iron Man suits, and then I was blown when he, they all got blown up. But otherwise, it's like all right, whatever. Um, I mean, I go there for the you know. I think you get to a certain age, you stop going to movies for story because Hollywood doesn't do story well. Mm. Like, they don't tell a good story. To me, they've stopped telling stories a long time ago. So I go to I go to see those movies because there's larger-than-life hero characters um, zapping people and rescuing people at the last minute, and mm-hmm. that's the only reason I go see those movies now. But, um, and, you know, Ragnarok, I feel like I'm just a victim of millions upon millions of dollars of marketing, you know? So... I'll probably go see it, you know, just because it's like been beaten in my head with a fucking club covered in nails. Go see this movie, you piece of shit. Go spend your money. So I'll probably go see it next week. But yeah, I mean, I, what, yeah, what I get what you're saying. Favorite totally movies of all time is Dog Day Afternoon, and uh, you know, no respect, no respect whatsoever. So that that movie, um, I had that on Laserdisc. Actually, it had three sides. The third side was digital surround sound, and the first two sides were stereo analog. <laughs> it's awesome, though. I love that movie, and I can see why they put the the uh, the sound at the end with the jet engines and the gunshots. It's great, but um, yeah, it's a simple movie. It wouldn't hold up today. Nobody would go see it, but man, um, that's one. Have you seen that, Michael? I have not. I seriously doubt it. I have not. There's so I many would... you haven't seen that I wouldn't put that at the top of the list, but you know, 
that's a great movie, and I've seen that so that's many a times. And it just never gets yeah, old. Uh, it never gets old. For me. Yeah. yeah, little yeah. taxi you know, driver. You know. know what? I haven't I haven't seen Taxi. I haven't seen really? Taxi Driver. It's on my list, and I haven't huh. seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. That that's yeah. That's also really fascinating to me. I love that movie. It's 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 just dark and gritty and disturbing as hell. You know, I can't believe it was. Sounds can't believe perfect. it was back then. You know, uh, I guess society was really declining back then. <laughs> well, no, you know what? So they do a thing on uh, Cracked, or it's either Cracked or it's some other YouTuber I saw, and I wish I had made a note of these like great videos I've seen so I could tell shows from people. But they do a, basically a breakdown of like what happened to movies after 1977 when the first Star Wars movie came out. Um, or the last one, whichever one came out in 77, they do a breakdown of what happened to movies after that. And they show a steady decline in like stuff like dog day afternoon, taxi driver gone with the wind. And they show a steady decline from those type of movies to movies that are like, we need to sell more toys, uh, more action, more lasers, more exploding, more, you know, flashing lights. And now it's come to a point where people, they want to cite everything wrong with movies, in this day, they show you a Transformers film, and they're like, Transformers is full of some shitty characters, some okay characters, lots of flashing lights, lots of explosions, and, you know, just dazzle, 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 and then it's over, and then we just give you another piece in a year, you know? And and basically, they all equate that to Star Wars making so much money, like, making so much money and the toy revenue and Hollywood saying, holy shit, there's all this money outside of movies that we could be making with these off of the revenue, t-shirts, toys, this, that, the other thing. And of course, not every movie is going to sell toys, but there's still a whole other background revenue stream of all these other things outside the movie. Yeah, they're still so, trying, trying to figure out yeah. the blockbuster formula in the seventies. Now they got it so nailed down that every movie is almost the same, you know? It, yeah. They're all crap. They're all, they're yeah, all bad. It's designed to get the maximum number of seats to sit in there, but, you're not going to get the, you know, the the top end of society in there, or the bottom end for that matter. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a shame. I, I like it random. I like Dog the Afternoon because I don't want the good guy to win all the time. That's why I started watching Japanese animation in the in the 80s, and 90s. It's like I feel so violated. The bad guy won. I don't understand. You know, <laughs> I love it when things happen that are not the normal blockbuster formula. I really do. I like this. So it's funny that you say that because there's um obviously you know I'm an anime fan Japanese animation goes through its cycles you know mecha you know robot anime fantasy anime and now the big the big thing is called ikesai right which is like um like the books I read like lit RPGs it's basically like you take a character from our world you put them in another world and that world is normally some kind of fantasy world with RPG traits you know or an rpg based inspired system and it's very popular in japanese animation now and the two best animes obviously the the most the best one the the one that was the most critical not critical but the one that was like widely accepted is sword art online which is like basically like a traditional japanese animation where characters are exactly how they're supposed to be, like with all covering, hitting all the tropes. And then you have the most critically acclaimed ones, which is like one where the main character is a piece of shit and he's just the most hated person in the world. And he's just a horrible character. 
and he's stuck in this Ikesai scenario and he keeps doing the wrong thing and he can't get it through his head and he loses in the end, you know? And every episode, like every episode, every two episodes, it shows him dying a horrible, horrible death in the most glorious, regrettable, sad way possible. And you're just like, sh- it's shocking to your core every time you see it. And then the other one is called, it's probably my favorite anime of 2016. It's called Konosuba. And it's a it's a the it's an ikesai where the main character goes from he goes to save a he saves he tries to save a girl who's getting run over by a car he gets hit by the car and he dies but the reality that's what he thinks happened but the reality is this girl wasn't going to get hit by a car it was a slow moving tractor that was like 15 feet away from her he pushes her out of the way then falls over and dies of shock in his own piss and he goes to heaven and the goddess who says, oh, well, you get another chance at life in this other world, but she's a bitch. And so he tricks her into going with him as his partner and the characters go through this whole thing. And it's this comedy that flips the whole thing on its head and it's hilarious. And it's like what you said about randomness and forgetting the tropes and mm-hmm. going with something else. And it's like they're just like so good. It's crazy. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. But Hollywood and all these different industries, they don't get it. Like, they're just like, well, let's go with what this thing, this whole, this thing. And they just crank out this crap and they're like, what happened to Ghost in the Shell? Why didn't it make any money? You know, what happened to Valerian? Why didn't it make any money? What happened to this? Why didn't it make any money? They're confused every time as to why these things they put out, then these big budget movies didn't make any money. And there's only one good hit of the year, you know, and it's just like, you got to do better, dude. Go work Mm -hmm. harder, man. That was a big rant about DKSI. You're welcome. <laughs> You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Disaster. Yeah. Well, thank you, James. Hey, no problem. I'm here to give. So On that thank note- you for that incredibly irrelevant uh, <laughs> discussion. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> on that note, and because of the implications of we're coming up on three hours, I'm going to call it there if no one has any objections. No good once, no, twice. Man, good. Okay. As always, thank you for listening, and thank you very much, Ed, for coming on this week. Uh, we all enjoyed having you. Hopefully you enjoyed participating. Um, check us out at our website, iopanelpodcast.com. Send us feedback, feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Check out our social life uh, area on the website. It'll give you all of our uh, the ways to get in contact with us, ways to support the show. Review the show on iTunes. Apparently it helps. We hope you all have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time.
Falling in September 